everybody back to the nudist colony it's the new metal discussion podcast i'm one of the hosts ross wow i'm the other host brent this is the most direct wow. intro that's ever existed on this episode get straight to it podcast fuck i fucked it up tap straight fuck. to it.com god damn it look we don't have time stop Reset. we should be on track seven by now there's so much to get to here so Bones, i'm gonna need you to calm down <laughs> suck my ass kirk <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anal lingus. <laughs> supposed to be the con. <laughs> I've watched a lot of Star Trek lately, almost exclusively. Oh, really? Yeah. Next generation, baby. My yeah. wife and I are almost done with season three. I th- have we, you guys? Yeah, we just watched re-watch? it earlier this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, I think we watched it last year. Then earlier this year, we went through uh, Deep Space Nine. So we're going back and we're uh, starting uh, again. With uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Then we're going to get into Voyager, which I've never watched. Oh. This going to be a lot of fun. Interesting. I hear Voyager sucks, so I'm excited to watch it. <laughs> what about Picard? Have you guys uh, watched? No. I, I hear the first two seasons are just like god awful. Mm. So I'm like, I've heard that you can just start with the third season. So yeah. I, might, I might just do that. I don't yeah. know. But yeah. I've been like inundated with Star Trek shit. My wife can't really get into the old, the original series, like the Kirk, Spock, McCoy. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I've been watching that by myself and just kind of like marking episodes that I think she would like actually want to watch because they were made in the 60s and they're, you know, it's that 60s television mm-hmm. where it's like really fucking slow, mm-hmm. <laughs> like painfully at times. We Anyways, ha- we have a full hour to kill. Yep. Is their approach. And they stretched every <laughs> fucking second of it. Um, but it's, 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 it's all good, man. It's yeah. All, it's all fun. It's Star Trek, baby. Does she like the... The movies, like the the was it the Kelvin verse stuff? Uh, yeah, she likes those. Okay. Um, like the uh the 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 older Star Trek movies, like because you know there's the original series that had I think like six movies, and the Next Generation I think had three movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, those generally tend to suck. Uh, the original oh, okay, series great. had some some okay movies. I will defend the uh, Star Trek motion picture with my life. People really? say it sucks, but I think it's really fucking. Good. I started watching it like four years ago yeah and uh i still haven't finished the intro of it yeah. uh, i think i i sat down i was like okay i'm going to dedicate this amount of time to watching this right and then i got like five minutes into that ship passing overhead or whatever and i was like all right i need to oh i'll come back to this <clears throat> at a later date if you're not a fan of special effects and kind of like how like try to figure out how things work mm-hmm. it, I, I could see where people would be just like bored with it but mm-hmm. um for, for my money it's got some of the best um practical effects of any movie i've seen period mm-hmm. um and I, I like i like special i like special effects that are like real you know miniatures that mm-hmm. like they make them look huge there's one miniature viger in it um that's like this alien like ship entity thing that they like fly into and it's oh god it's orgasmic but i think a lot of people would probably be bored by it because it's like five minutes of just like slowly floating <laughs> through like uh like <laughs> the interior of a ship but yeah uh i am just like mystified by that stuff well I'll tell like you your, what. your blade runners yeah. where it's like all like they're flying through the city and it's like you know some people will probably be bored by that but i, I get it but like God damn, it's like you, you sit there and like, God, that's all fucking miniatures. Like people built all this shit by hand mm-hmm. and like 
fucking wild. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I tell you what, there's uh, one miniature I'm constantly trying to make look bigger. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, Wait, no, no, no series of mirrors <laughs> on Earth has helped me so far, but maybe one of these days. <laughs> I've been reading about the Egyptians and uh, their series of mirrors. And I was like, oh, this only lights a cavernous tomb. Okay, well, well maybe next time. You've been watching Indiana Jones. Just be honest. I've I've been watching the uh, the screen on Disney Plus scroll by like, Indiana Jones. This gives me an idea that I mirror to my dick. <laughs> it's like my dick's trying to do coke. You'll grow up one day. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll see. You know. <laughs> Ever since I got that Peter Pan curse placed upon me, oh, it's, shit. it's really been downhill yeah. from there. Well, one you call thing, it the Lilliputian. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear a clock ding, I get horny for an alligator. It's weird. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Did you know there's like a new Peter Pan and Wendy, like a Peter Pan movie that like came out this year? Oh, that's it. Did Coldplay put out a new album? That's so weird to me. Okay, Bobo? What? <laughs> to me, like Coldplay sounds like music written for a Peter Pan film. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. You know, I get no it. disrespect, but like... Disrespect. I guess, yeah, some disrespect. Like, I understand people like it, but it just sounds like... It sounds like exactly that to me. So when their song yeah. "Clocks" appeared in that one Peter Pan movie from like, yeah, from like years ago, yeah, I think over a decade ago, as a matter of fact, probably uh, at this point, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this fits. This is exactly why right. this band exists. But uh, there was a Peter Pan movie. Did you know that? No, I just assume it's always out. There were like two Pinocchio movies out at the beginning of this year or the end of last, or yeah, whatever. but one was Guillermo del Toro and it was really good. The other one, I don't even, I don't think I saw. The but, the uh, other one had the Tom Hanks in it. Oh, Wilson, you are our <laughs> real boy. Yeah, I was just shocked. I was looking on Disney Plus last night. And I was like, "What the fuck?" There's a Peter Pan movie. I was like, "Oh, surely this came out like was five years ago or something." Yeah, and it was like 2023, oh. and it has like Jude Law in it. And I'm like, "The fuck did this movie come from?" That's like a while. I had no idea. Yeah, me neither. Jude Law. Jude Law. He, he plays Wendy uh, Hook. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He plays Wendy with a really bad receding hairline. <laughs> I heard a rumor a long time ago that the name Wendy originates from the book Peter Pan, but I don't know that that holds up. I think maybe that name probably predates it, but I just thought that was hmm. interesting and probably a lie. So yeah. there's that. People can just do with that what they please. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Tinkerbell, though, huh? I'm saying. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Like I like her friends, you know. You Seems lick like her friends. <laughs> I like her friends. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, my wife and I, for our honeymoon in uh, 2010, went to uh, Disney World Land, whatever one is in Orlando, Florida. And uh, my wife loves Tinkerbell, so we like oh. waited a line to meet the poor actress that was like playing her. Oh. And then like her whole like, there are other fairies, I guess, in the uh, canon. So we oh. met like some of the other ones. You take photos with them or whatever, <clears throat> and like, like you know, obviously, Tinkerbell, absolute smoke show. Oh, pfft, but like no some question. of the other ones, uh, mm-hmm. uh, s- more smoke show. Silverfin or whatever. I don't know. I don't know their names. Yeah, wasn't there like a bunch of cartoons or something? This is a new metal discussion so. podcast. We're <laughs> obviously we're talking about Tinkerbell. <laughs> we're talking about Disney Plus, Tinkerbell. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Star Trek, all of it. Yeah. People know what this is. <clears throat> My name is Ross. My name is Brent. It's crack a everybody. Hi. Um, on today's episode, we are going to be covering, reviewing, looking over, inspecting, pulling apart, getting our magnifying glasses and our, and our mirrors out mm-hmm. to take a close-up look at Slipknot, the first one. 
<laughs> I had to look at the album real quick because I was like, what the fuck is the album name? Like, yeah, it's just self-titled. Self-titled, There's yeah. not one. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this album was released June 29th, 1999, exactly one week. It's been one week after Limp Biscuits' significant other. Crazy. But that didn't... Like, I know this is factually correct, but that's yeah. not how I experienced this album. Right. It was like much... Well, I say much later. It's probably like nine months later. I think it was like maybe 2000 or something like that by the time I wow. okay. uh, first heard this album. Yeah. Uh, but all that to say, uh, it it's so rad to me that yeah. these two like great albums came out back to back. But then these two bands also had like beef with each other briefly. But like yeah. in the grand scheme of things, they've all just let it go and moved on. And Silly. D- they've all decided to be old. So yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's <laughs> weird that you get older and you're just like, why did I ever give a fuck about that? Yeah, I know. I know. I was so bothered by boy bands back in the day and growing up. I'm like, I don't give a flying shit. Who cares? My wife and I, we were watching the MTV Video Music Awards <gasps> last night and uh, she was so hyped for it because she is an absolutely huge NSYNC fan. Mm-hmm. And like, that's still the only music she listens to. And no, she likes Justin, but like NSYNC is where her heart lies. Sure. And uh, evidently they were going to, uh, there was going to be some type of reunion last night, but it was really just them like presenting uh, the award for, I think oh. it was like best pop album or something like that. Right. And uh, she was hyped for it. She's been living for it. She's been looking, she's been like a conspiracy theorist level uh, trying to break down. Okay, so these two people. Okay, they've lost all this weight, right? <laughs> all right. And <laughs> she's really like taking me through it, but like I'm letting her go off because she rarely talks about pop culture with me. So I'm just like, all right, we're just gonna do this. Sure. So yeah, I, it's kind of fun. But they to, didn't to sing do. or dance. No, no, they just got up no. there and like each one of them got a chance to speak, uh, okay. presenting the the award. So I don't know. It's kind of kind of neat to see. You know, <laughs> all this stuff is coming back. New metal is coming back. You know, anything that's like within the past 20 years, or yeah. I guess 20 years back, is uh, coming back into the zeitgeist a bit. And yeah. uh, stingily, it feels good for me and us, right? Because this is like the shit we grew up with. Right. Yeah. Well, there's like a there's like a theory um, in like pop culture. It's like a 20-year cycle or something like that, I think it's mm-hmm. called, where it's like... Um, basically you know you grow up with something through your teenage years um and then 20 years later you're now in your 30s where you're you know settled in you have uh, expendable income mm-hmm. and uh so so a lot of people will you know capitalize on that so so they basically kind of not not intentionally but uh, every 20 years there tends to be like a resurgence of something um you know like that 70s show you know mm-hmm. came out in like the 90s cuz it was like you know uh, th- there was like nostalgia for that mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people who grew up in the 70s you know were now had kids of their own and stuff like that and could go back and spend money and watch TV real quick did you sign the uh, free Danny Masterson uh petition sign it i started <laughs> okay, the gofundme okay, I, so, I, I started so. his legal fund <laughs> i was like hey Bijou, <laughs> let's get your boy out of jail Hell no. No. Did, did you see that god-awful Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, like, apology thing? No, I have no idea. I, I only oh, just God. heard that he's, like, going to prison, Danny Masterson. Is oh, yeah. Prison. yeah. Well, apparently, uh, you know, uh, Ashton Kutcher has this, like, whole, like, like in child slavery and sexual exploitation and stuff like that. Like, oh, kid, really? Yeah, he, he's, like, started this whole, like, non, uh, non, non-profit, and they've, like, cracked down on, like, 
child like sex rings in other countries mm-hmm. and in this country too. And I was, I've actually like caught like quite a few people. Well, apparently he wrote, uh, he and Mila both wrote, why am I talking about this? Wrote a letter to the judge <laughs> asking for leniency in the, the judgment against Danny Masterson. Mm-hmm. And, um, like it, it went public that they wrote these letters and then Ooh. they like, they did like an apology video mm-hmm. and it was like super fucking forced and like, yeah, it's just not good. Um, oh, and, uh, so yeah, it, it, it was all fucking messy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Hey, whatever he's in jail for 30 years at least. So I remember like, uh, back after that 70s show, I don't know if it ended, but like, um, uh, Topher Grace left the show Yeah, and it came out that he was like, he just didn't enjoy like a lot of the, the castmates or like the, the right. shenanigans that went on with him. Like he liked, I think Laura Prepon, uh, but some of the other castmates, they, they just didn't like click that well outside of doing the show. Yeah. And people were like, Oh, how could you not like, you're not out there partying with these guys. It's like, but now, right. He's like, bitch, I'm just going to stay home. I'm going to edit these three star Wars prequels together. And I'm just going <laughs> to my own fucking business. <laughs> You can win a date with me because I'm Tad Hamilton. Absolutely, yeah. And also, I'm going to be Venom. And then, <laughs> right. then I'm just going to chill. Fuck it. Hashtag best Venom, right? Am I right? Uh, yeah. And you know, like Danny Masterson and Laura Prepon uh, were both um, Scientologists at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, you know um, what? That kind of makes so a lot of. Yeah, a lot of people, and 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 like since then, a lot of like uh, since the whole Danny Masterson thing happened, a lot of interviews have like cropped back up where it's like the 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 cast saying like really not not Topher, he was never involved, but like a lot of the cast were saying like really like uh, fucked up things, and like Danny Masterson like gave who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't know. I I I I I, I spend a lot of time on news sites, so like I yeah. just like am just inundated with this stuff that I don't I don't really fucking care about but it, it, it leaks in there so yeah. Danny Masterson jail 30 years good that's what I say yeah um, agreed but I am trying to get him out yeah. uh, <laughs> he served his time I mean some of it so some of it like eight days is, is time pretty rough pretty yeah. rough yeah yeah um, so yeah 1999 so, so you you think because I feel like because we graduated 2001 and I yes. know we listened to this a lot I say a lot, but mm. pretty regularly in high school. Mm-hmm. So it couldn't have been, I feel like you would have gotten it 1999. I feel like you wouldn't have got it 2000. I could be wrong about that, mm. but it, it, it it feels like you had this not too long after, mm-hmm. but you know, again, uh, just it, going with my terrible, increasingly terrible memory, mm-hmm. uh, feels like, yeah, not, not immediately, but uh, mm. they, they weren't, they didn't really have like a presence at all. Before this, I guess, unless you were from Iowa, right? I mean, they had like some demos prior to this, correct? Yeah, they had uh, uh, Mate, Feed, Kill, Repeat was their initial like album. I was yeah. reading about that. They spent $40,000 about of uh, on that album's production. Jesus. And I don't know if you've, have you heard that before? I used to have it. But it's like a, I'm a sure I have, yeah. But uh, it's very like weird and like jazzy, and there's just like really? all kinds of like weird samples and stuff. And yeah, it's like it's I'm bizarre. We've talked about uh, going back and doing uh, bands demos, yeah, like doing a run of those because like some of them are like I don't like anytime you hear a great album, especially yeah. if it's a debut album that's great. Uh, someone needs to grab 
the producer or whomever discovered the band and uh, go back and listen to their demos and like just give them a big sloppy kiss because a lot of these demos are like fucking rough. I don't even know how you would like find something good from some of these because it's like, right. oh boy. That's crazy. Jazzy. I gotta, I gotta, I'm like really curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's very much that. Like there's a lot of like, uh, like slower, like, uh, or is it just like more like technical? Um, I guess like technical, but it is very okay. like jazzy. You've got like huh. clean guitar and you've got, uh, Joey riding the bell on the right symbol. So, Interesting. yeah, it's huh. it's weird. It's right. weird. But yeah, because there's a lot of really good. There are some good demos that, like, I know Lincoln Park had a really good demo. Kinda zero uh, with an X. I think. Well, I, that's where their band was. Yeah, band name before though, mm-hmm. right? Like, and then I know like they had some of those B sides that came out that I, I really like. High Voltage. I think their demo was just called Hybrid Theory. Like okay. di- it was like the Hybrid Theory EP. I right. Think. And uh, yeah. There's like my December. I remember a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like, and then the like Limp Biscuit had one, obviously that they were trying to, you know, get into Corn's hands. Um, and then like Stained had one. Of course, of course. How could you? Corn um, had a really good one. I think the Corn was one was actually produced by Ross Robinson. Oh, wild! I could be wrong about that, but I think it's. I think that's right. Um, and then like, um, even like Incubus had. I really don't know if you would even consider those. I guess they were kind of uh, like Fungus Among Us, mm-hmm. um, but it was really well done. That was like a super clean. Like if you listen to some of those demos, like the Corn demo and the and the Limp Bizkit demo, they're like mm-hmm. rough. Like the just the quality overall is. You bad. just put a tape recorder in the center of the room and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually found um, my old band Kingston Falls. I found one of their CDs the other day. And I've been listening to that. <laughs> That's um, so funny that you bring this up because uh, probably a few weeks ago I was going through. I was updating like album art for like some like music that I've I've found online. Right. And it's always like shitty artwork, so I'd kind of make my own in Photoshop or whatever. And I uh, had your band's uh, music so i went through and i just googled kingston falls to see what would come up and i came across this like gremlins uh that's where we got the name right right okay and uh here i'm gonna see if i can find this i think there is it like a band that's had like some some level of notoriety that's also called kingston falls um but uh we did it first bitch (laughs) as far as i know we did it first um so it's like a, oh, wow. a black and red background stripes, like front and center there. So this is what I've uh, forced to be <laughs> your your album cover art. Look better than the what we had. So <laughs> hell yeah, I couldn't remember what what uh, what that looked like. We have to do that. You guys recorded a demo, didn't you? Um, at Valcor Studios. Uh yeah yeah. yeah. I mean, we should we should like have we should have an episode where we just play some of our old our old band music. I thought about that. Like, what is the? Do you think there are issues with that? I feel like I have to run it past the. Uh, oh. The other people. I don't give. I'm not. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it. <laughs> well, we have we have our old band, Booty Cash All Stars, that uh-huh. we had in high school. Yeah. Um, we have some tracks from them, from us. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we should do that sometime. But, okay. Uh, yeah. So so, anyways, back back to Slipknot. Sorry about yes. that. Um. So Slipknot, 1999. Yes. Um, June. June of June 1999. Yeah. And uh, they were working on this album. Uh, I think it was like. Uh, Christmas of 98, they 
they had been working in the studio up through that point. They went home to Iowa. One of their members left and was replaced. So by the time they got back in the studio in like January of yeah. 99, uh, they were wrapping up production and they were able to then go on tour on OzFest. And that's when they uh. really caught a lot of attention. And um, so this album came out on June 29th, 1999, but it was later reissued in December of 1999 with a slightly altered track listing. And uh, because of the, the song uh, Purity and then Frail Limb Nursery, which was a uh, like a spoken word thing immediately before it. Yeah. So, uh, and I've got a story to tell about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this album's been released like multiple times. It, that's just like one example. Uh, the album we're reviewing today is like the 10th anniversary edition. It's not going to be every track on there, but it's like up through Eeyore. And uh, yeah. that's like uh, 14, 15 songs, I think. And, um, yeah, so it's a, a nice uh, chunk of new metal goodness that we'll be getting into. Absolutely. Hell, yeah. This was released on Roadrunner Records, and I also read that this album was the first uh, platinum album from that record label, so they were all about it after that. So they've uh, been signed with Roadrunner up until very recently when mm-hmm. they fulfilled their seven-album contract, and I guess after this album cycle, it's just... Not as freelance, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they'll sign with someone else, or maybe I mean, really, at this point, it's like you don't need, uh, especially if you're a, an established band at all. You don't need anything like that, mm-hmm. really. I mean, yeah. be honest, like you don't like. Um, you can just release. You, you release it. It's so easy to have like a home studio now. You can get mm-hmm. fucking like borderline professional, you know, re- sounding recording from a, from a home studio. Have some professional mix it. Um, I mean, it's so easy to do your own thing now. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't even understand why you would. What are the benefits to going to a label now? Other than like, if you're just flat ass broke, they mm-hmm. might you know get you some money to help you get started. But again, like you know, a lot of people get get famous by just recording in their room on a laptop. And putting it on SoundCloud or Spotify, mm-hmm. and then blowing up that way. Like there really is almost no need for a, for a label anymore. Yeah, uh, especially if you start getting some establishment there. Fuck, like fuck those assholes who take. I remember back in the day, um, you know, especially when the Napster thing happened, a lot of people bitching, a lot of people in the industry saying, you know, well, we're gonna lose money, and then several bands coming out and being like, we make like a penny a CD sale. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and they're like selling for 20 bucks and like the, the band like sees like a penny of that. So I, and I know it's, it's gotten even worse now, but it's like, you know, it, it, I, 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 I don't know. I'm sure, you know, there is probably is some, some benefit to going with a label, but, uh, I think like for marketing purposes and like management, yeah. all that stuff, you Sometimes know, just don't do social media now though. Like you can do it all yourself. But well, I think that's like part of it, right? Is like that's that's one of the things that the actors are on strike for. It's they're told they have to do like X number of like right. tweets that's, or whatever, yeah, you know, and like have yeah. to do all that, and that eats up their time. They're not getting extra compensation for it. Right. And you can do that if you're a musician, but again, that's like more shit you have to do essentially for free, yeah. uh, and you're just like hustling all the time, and I'm sure that's like a fucking grind. Yeah. So I. I don't know. Like, I, I see both sides of it. I do think that labels are, like, like the dynamic needs to be, like, massively flipped, you oh, know? It's needed it for a while. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not saying anything new, but I'm pretty much the first person that's ever said it. So. First person I've heard. 
artists should get paid more. I'm just I'm just saying. There's a there's a writer that I I follow on like YouTube. She she makes YouTube videos and she's a she's a really great writer, um, Lindsay Ellis, and uh, she had gotten. It's not even really canceled because people made such a big deal out of absolutely fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. She she compared um, that Raya the Last Dragon to Avatar the Airbender, and people started oh. calling her racist because they were both like Asian inspired. And she was like, she's like, really? If you like squint at it, you can see. And then people were like, oh, she's making a joke. Asian squint. Oh, no. And she, she like she like genuinely like no she yeah. she's not like that at all uh-huh. like um and uh, people got like really fucking mad at her uh-huh. and she was a writer and she had signed with like Harper Collins or something and she was like I would delete my Twitter if uh-huh. I fucking could she's uh-huh. like but legally like the thing I have with them says I have to keep my Twitter up I have uh-huh. to promote yeah. X amount per week or whatever. Uh-huh. Because people were just bombarding her Twitter with like horrible shit, and she was like, "I gotta keep it up." Yeah, it was crazy. Like I didn't realize that. I mean, it makes sense because everything is promoted now through social media. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, damn. But uh, you know what? Yeah. Isn't huh. this podcast? <laughs> mm, yep. <laughs> Look, it's hard, and we're tired. By the time we get done with uh, recording all this stuff and editing it, it's just, it's hard. I'm forty. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Look, we'll get this posted to your MySpaces and your GeoCities. Don't even worry about it. Uh, all right, let's talk about the personnel here. So, yeah. holy shit. God, I really struggle with this sometimes. Like on the Kid Rock album that had 94 different oh, musicians, Jesus, but right. like this is not much better. So, uh, look, we all know that Slipknot has a lot of members. They all have numbers assigned to them, uh, number zero through eight. And uh, those characters are Corey Taylor on lead vocals, Mick Thompson on guitar, Sean Clown Cran on percussion and backing vocals, Craig Jones does samples and media, Jim Root is credited as guitars. Chris Finn on uh, custom percussion as well. Paul Gray on bass. Joey Jordison on drums and mixing. And uh, oh, uh, Paul Gray does backing vocals as well. And then Sid Wilson, my fucking hero, on turntables. And uh, there are other musicians credited as well. Um, I remember seeing back in the day the the CD booklet. It always uh, caught my eye when a band's liner notes would say, this band is, and it would just like detail them that way instead of this person performed this instrument on this album specifically. And that's how this was laid out. It was Slipknot is, and it laid out what I just said. Um, But Jim Root, he didn't really play guitar on any song but Purity on this. But Purity? But Purity. (laughs) You know when you go to Christian camp? (laughs) That's how you stay a virgin. (laughs) Jesus is coming for that but Purity, tell you what. (laughs) Uh, but uh, uh, the former guitarist that left uh, around Christmas time in 98, Josh Brainerd, he was the original guitarist for uh, not the original second guitarist. And uh, a lot of the guitar work is him and Mick Thompson on this album. And then uh, there's this guy named Greg Welts who has the nickname Cuddles, who performs percussion on uh, the demo tracks that are on the uh, the extended version of the album, and then spit it out. So um, he he did a lot of that extra stuff, and then uh, Chris Finn, who's uh, number three, uh, he I don't know I got contradictory information. Like some places it says uh, the writers of these songs are, and it lists everyone but Jim Root, including mm-hmm. 
Chris Finn in there. But then other places I see Chris Finn didn't play on this album, but is still credited on it. I don't know. Yeah, is kind of what I'm trying to get at. I don't fucking know, dude. There's some older albums that I'll, I there's there's a couple on Songs for the Deaf, the Queens of the Stone Age that mm-hmm. like depending on which site you go to, like some say Dave Grohl played Go with the Flow, some say it wasn't Dave Grohl, some say mm-hmm. he wrote it but didn't perform it on the album. Like it, it's yeah, and in you who the fuck knows? Yeah, I mean they do, but who cares? Yeah, and they may have since forgotten, you know? Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, you put out enough material, that's bound to happen. Uh, we do this podcast, and I forget sometimes what albums we've covered. Oh, totally. I, I completely forget everything. <laughs> someone were to like, <laughs> if someone were to like reference something to me, I would just be like, I don't know. What <laughs> I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can remember the albums that have traumatized me the most, which was like the Head PE album uh, and Cold Chamber yeah, and okay. like Biohazard. But I do remember those. The other ones, I'm like, I don't know. I yeah. think we did Sugar Ray once. There was a, there was a, I was listening to an older episode of You Talking You Two to Me, mm-hmm. and uh, Scott Arkman was talking about how he, on Comedy Bang Bang, had just like, as a passing thing, was like, did Chewbacca ever fire a laser? He's like, yeah. I don't think he did. Send me pictures if Chewbacca ever fired a laser. <laughs> then he said he completely forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And then like a couple weeks later, the episode dropped. He said he woke up and he had like 50 tweets of pictures <laughs> of Chewbacca shooting a laser. He's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> He completely forgot he brought it up. So I was like, oh, I, I get that now. Like, yeah. I 100% understand that. Mm. I forget everything that I say here. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you, like, pre-record things and then it comes oh, out. Oh, totally. Like, uh, uh, we did the, what, the New Mills uh, oh, yeah. episode yeah. Last, last week. And I was like, uh, I was on vacation last week. And I was like, did we, has that come out? And I was looking through the feed. I was like, oh, has it not? But I was, like, trying to remember the what the conversations were. Right. All I remember is chicken fried stained, and I was uh, I was pretty happy with that one. But uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, so this is the debut studio album by the band. Like I said, Mate Feed Kill Repeat was their like demo album. Yeah. Essentially, it wasn't a, a major label thing at all. Plus, they changed lineups uh, pretty significantly since then. This is recorded at Indigo Ranch Studios in what? Malibu, California. Hell Imagine yeah. that. So uh, again, produced by Ross Robinson, Indigo Studios. Match made in heaven. When you listen to this album, do you think, yeah, this sounds like fucking Malibu, California, baby? Uh huh. <laughs> you can hear the waves, you know? Yeah. If you put a dried up. Uh, you can't see California without someone's eyes, I forget. Uh, <laughs> Fat <Dwayne>. Brando's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they should. They should update this like every 10 years. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. whatever celebrity is popular, you know? Yeah. You can't see California with a Harry Styles. Eyes. <laughs> He's a modern celebrity, right? I think Harry so. Styles. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Don't worry, darling. You got it right. Yeah. Boop, boop. Um, yeah. Uh, Ross Robinson and Slipknot co-produced this album together. Uh, they toured a lot for this. They were really getting their names out there. Yeah. Like I said, Oz Ozfest was pretty huge, and uh, I remember hearing about them before I ever like uh, saw them or. Um, had any music or anything of them. Mm-hmm. I remember we had a Halloween like get together watch. I think we watched uh, Blair Witch Project okay. at your house back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they had come to town. Uh, I think it was like a Seven Dust concert, and then Cold Chamber, yeah. and then Slipknot <laughs> were opening up. Damn. And uh, I was like, God, that would have been. And it was on Halloween, right? Ooh. And then fuck. somebody, somebody there. Uh, who was like kind of outside of our circle, but like uh, kind of still like close enough friends. He was like, dude, I saw Slipknot. 
they are fucking rad. And I was like, oh, okay. I've like heard of them. I can't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I thought you were just saying, I was like, who can just say their name? But you, you can't remember. I, I literally can't remember. We're but old. I like, we're yeah. old. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I made a little book, uh, book note, bookmark yeah, book in book. my head. And uh, footnote, footnote okay. in my brain. Yeah. Hand note, handball. <laughs> it's reassociating. Sure. Um, uh, but I, I made a note of that and uh, looked into it later. Uh, did Did you own this album back in the day? Yes, you did. Okay, yeah. But the only two Slipknot albums I ever owned was this one in Iowa. Okay. After Iowa, I just sort of uh, kind of lost interest. Okay. Not 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 in the, not in the previous works. Um, but mm. I, I like I listened to the third album and mm. I was just like, it just it never like stuck in my head. Yeah. Like like the first two did like the mm-hmm. first two like uh you know I get those stuck in my head all the time mm-hmm. but it's like for some reason I know because the third one they kind of changed up their style a little bit mm-hmm. um and uh, like it wasn't bad it just wasn't didn't really latch on to me yeah had that stone sour kind of vibes coming in and I wasn't the biggest fan of stone sour uh I f- I feel like stone sour is even like a different thing altogether from volume three the subliminal oh. verses that's right. Uh, I don't. We'll we'll get to that album eventually. But uh, going back to this one, uh, overall, this album went two times platinum in the United States and Canada. Again, United States, two million albums in Canada. It's like two hundred thousand. Sure, because they've got like fourteen hundred people, and then like (laughs) seven hundred thousand moose, (laughs) a couple of caribou out there. Uh, And then uh, it went uh, platinum and gold in other countries. So this album did very well. uh, Helped put them on the map. Um, this album peaked at number 51 on the Billboard 200, and then in 2011, it was voted the best debut album of the last 25 years by readers of Metal Hammer magazine, and then uh, uh, drummer Joey Jordanson and producer Ross Robinson mastered the entire album with analog equipment uh, instead of the more common method of using digital formats, which made it quite challenging, which is fucking insane to me. Like, that was new information to me when I was preparing for this episode, because... Jesus Christ, the amount of tape you'd have to go through and the amount of takes for nine different people. Yeah. Holy shit. Over And if people aren't aware that have never recorded before, you don't just go in there and play your instrument like over the track. Like you, right. You, would you think, have AI do it. Sure. <laughs> no, like if you're if you're a guitarist, you go in there and you're going to record like five or six like layers mm-hmm. so you're going to play like the same thing like five or six times and if you mess up once you know that that takes out you got to record it again it's it's a lot more intensive of a process than i think a lot of people realize like even if you're super tight there's still you just got to like keep be, because that's like the that's the way that modern music is 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 recorded now uh since uh uh what was the guy's name wall of sound brian eno Hmm. Um, kind of, kind of pioneered that sound. Before that, people would just play like you know, you play your guitar, you play your bass, play your drums, sing, and then you put it out there, right? Mm-hmm. Brian Eno was like, no, I'm going to record the guitar playing the same exact thing five times. I'm going to record the vocals doing the sa- same thing five times, and then just like layer it all on top of each other mm-hmm. at different volumes, um, just to give it this like big, full, rich sound. And uh, so, yeah, I, with nine people, Jesus Christ, that must have been <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, real quick on the the layering of things. I remember on the deluxe version of Lincoln Park's Meteora, there's mm-hmm. a making of DVD that came with it, and on it it had uh footage of the the band recording and Brad Delson. I don't remember what song it was, but their guitarist Brad Delson, 
someone like off camera asks uh, as he's tuning, he's like, how many times have you played this riff? He's like, um, probably a hundred times. And he just looks so defeated, but I mean, headphone boy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That, that is my one, um, my, one of my biggest, um, uh, issues with Lincoln park yeah. is they are just way too fucking overproduced. I think they'd be a lot better if they had a little bit more spontaneity and a little bit more like, just kind of like put it out there. Don't like, don't fucking like sand all the edges off. They like they just mm. they 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 don't do themselves any favors. I think by doing that. And I, I I remember like an interview with Mike Shinoda where he was talking about like how intensively they go over every element of the of the of the album and like. It just it just sounds too produced. It sounds too poppy. And I know that was like a big complaint mm. a lot of people had. People thought that they were like a they were like a, a studio created. Yeah, studio, like yeah, like like a label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they put them together. Mm. Um but uh they they weren't. They they were like a legit band. Mm. But uh, I think I think I think Shinoda was kind of like the biggest aspect of that, I feel like, because I know he was like super involved with the production. I feel like he is just like way too much of a perfectionist and I think a little bit more like spontaneity and a little bit more looseness in their in their musical style um would have done them some favors because like hearing them live, like mm-hmm. we went saw them live. Mm-hmm. Um and they were still like super produced and like backing tracks and all that, but like uh just just like, you know, Chester's voice and stuff that wasn't uh, super over processed sounded fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. So I think I think there's a, like a balance you got to find in there between mm-hmm. being like four track mixer in a basement punk to like you know Taylor Swift where it's like <laughs> like produced to the fucking like Nth degree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you got to find a balance in there. And I, I think I think this album really fucking nails the production. I do too. Um, real quick on the Lincoln Park thing, uh, I think Don Gilmore, their producer on those first two albums, had a lot to do with the over polishing. Of all of that, because he produced, uh, was it Trust Company, uh, that had like one song that came out. Yeah. And I was like, well, I like, you know, those two Linkin Park albums. Let me check this out. And it was really kind of just that one one song uh, from Trust Company that was good. But um, it has like a very similar production from from that. So you can see a, a through line. And then on subsequent Linkin Park albums, they, uh, I don't know if loosen up is quite the right term, but they, they're not quite as polished and, and uh poppy sounding yeah i guess so. that's good that's good mm-hmm. yeah i didn't listen to them much past meteora but uh, yeah. i i definitely listened to the fuck other first two albums so. yeah um but i think the production on this album is just on point fucking stellar you got- i think it only gets better with iowa too you're goddamn right goddamn now damn right. i do have to say there are two singles on here and i just have to say it i simply had to say there are two singles and first one wait and bleed yeah i mean come on you didn't have to wait for me to say that I just yeah. told you, wait and bleed. Second song, spit it out. I just did. <laughs> I just did. You know, they have no time to waste. Sure. Wait, wait and bleed. No, I'm gonna spit it out. There you go. We got through it. Um, and then uh, we can go through, uh, you know, thoughts on the uh, the other stuff as we're listening to this. Sure. Um, I I will say like for new metal, this is like like Corn, Limp Biscuit. Those are very like heavy new metal bands. Yeah. Um, but somehow this album is heavier and then yeah. there are like a few like fast new metal songs before this, but this, this like takes everything to like the next level. It's heavier. Oh. It's faster than most, if not all of everything that's come before it. Yeah. 
and uh, they do it so fucking well. I would argue that the only band that really, because these guys are super, like, like super fucking talented. When you said like the jazz thing, I was like, mm. okay, that, that totally makes sense. Like, I can mm. see them doing that because mm. the technicality that's that's at work here is. Um, Phenomenal. Yeah. I, I would say that Incubus might be the only band that is as technically proficient. Yeah. Um, that, that. that we've covered so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, because I, I really can't think of another band that would be the same. As much as like Corn and Limp Biscuit, like I think they have their completely unique styles and their unique sounds. I don't think they're they're as technically proficient as Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Um, but Incubus, you know, has. They've got some real fucking chops in that band. They can yeah. do some pretty, pretty uh, um, technical shit. Yeah. What am I saying? Okay. I'd, I'd <laughs> probably put obviously Biohazard up there as well. well do, do which do is it. like you, you hear Biohazard, you're like, oh, that's a Biohazard. That's what that is. <laughs> Tell you what. That's a Biohazard. <laughs> All right, get her done. <laughs> All right, so tater sandwich. Uh, I suppose we can go ahead and start uh, listening to this yeah. album. Uh, before you hit play, let me see if I can get through this goddamn title. So this is an intro track, right? So it's not musical, but it is an intro to the album. Yeah. And the name of this track, oh boy, is seven four two six one seven zero 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 two seven. We did it. Hell yeah. We did it. (laughs) And here it is. Oh my God. I remember when I first got the CD and I put it in my CD player, I was like, what? Yeah. Oh boy. And you could see like the the time counting down. You're like, oh, it's like 36 seconds or some shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, this got to be counting down to something like fucking 36 seconds to Mars. (laughs) 35 seconds. I'm sorry. I don't mean to add an extra second on there. That'd be ridiculous. shit. And then coming up, we've got. Yeah. They're, they're um, laying the track right there. Parentheses. Sick. In parentheses. Holy shit. And that leads into this. Wow. Oh my god. Fucking. The, the, the percussion. Yeah. Is just a fucking standout with this band. Just. I, I think the best. I mean. No other band has a percussion. There we go. No other new metal band has a percussion like section. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they have a drummer. <laughs> uh, I think there's uh, uh, Il Nino had a percussionist, but he played like uh, congas or whatever. Congos so it's, 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 it's yeah, yeah, different type of uh, approach. But yeah, this is just so like raw, you know. Yeah. What's well, that, Ross Robinson touch, baby? Oh my God. He's just <laughs> just berating. <laughs> Corey Taylor throwing he's, shit. He's ordering like uh, tiny ferns by the pallet <laughs> just to throw it at the pen members' heads. I do it better. Uh, Jonathan Davis left his uh, meth in the closet. You guys want some? I mean, Corey, I'm looking at you. <laughs> it's already gone. Do you have any childhood traumas you want to tell me about that I can use against you? <laughs> Fuck it, crazy. Holy shit. Like, the thing about this album, it's like it gives you that little precursor of the album intro. I don't always just like seek that out, but right. if I'm gonna go through and listen to this album, sometimes even if I'm gonna go through and listen to the song, I'll throw on the intro track to get to this one because it just like gets your puss so fucking wet. Oh, right, absolutely. It's just like a yeah. great intro, and then like you get to sick, the song we're listening to now, and it's just man, exploding, yeah, explosivo, baby. Oh my god. 
yeah, it's pretty, pretty, just, just, just a, I still think that Korn's Are You Ready, um, but that's not the name of the song. I can't think of the name of the song. Blind. Uh, Blind. There yeah. we go. Uh, it's still like the best opener, but I think this, would, pretty good. this would take like a number two spot here. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say Deftones around the first, like right behind this. Go dunk. Yeah, that's pretty, I mean, Solid it's simple, it but yeah. It kicks in with that. It's iconic. That riff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Sounds like Danny, Danny DeVito on a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, yeah. So one of the common things that you hear about Slipknot from people outside of new metal or just the band in general is like, why do they have nine members? I don't, bitch. I don't know. Like sometimes you just have a lot of people in your group. Yeah. I don't know what to. Wu Tang Clan, fucking. Uh, what's the Do You Realize band? What 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 is that one? Oh, Flaming Lips. Flaming Lips. Yeah. There's a shitload of people there. Sure. You know? uh, every church. Uh, LCD sound system is it? No. Eh, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Like yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's just fun to see like a shitload of fucking people. Yeah. Um. Going wild, especially when they're all dressed in convict outfits and wearing wild ass <laughs> masks and yeah. banging on trash cans and uh, empty kegs. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. Here, uh, back this one up real quick. Sure. Uh, back that. So this is up. Eyeless right here. Hell yeah. Anything we say before it? Uh, just that this, this intro is fucking everything to me. Yeah. You got the drum and bass in there? Oh, man. I think for the first, like, maybe three albums, uh, Sid would uh, bring at least one uh, drum and bass, like, break into oh, okay. their songs. I think drum and bass goes with bit. metal pretty well, and it doesn't... You don't see that overlap very often. No, huh? Yeah. And this is this is, this is is the heyday of the, the, the DJ in the band. Oh, right my God. Like, it. He really is. I mean, for as much like percussive, percussive um, like sound that they do, mm-hmm. um, I think he really adds to that. Yeah. Um, when they when they're going ham on on their you know in, in a percussive in a percussive section, Sid is usually scratching on top of that a lot of times. And I think it, it like works really fucking well. Um, I mean, because percussion is, I mean, scratching is percussive based mm-hmm. because I mean you're taking like. Usually samples from drums and scratching them. Sometimes. Are you, are you trying to scratch playing to me right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my scratch playing to you. You know, really, it's just like a, it's like a guitar. Yeah. God damn player, it. Player, player, DJ, come like a guitar. <laughs> so we got to talk about this chorus, right? Like, you can't see California without Marlon Brando's eyes. Oh man. I think maybe we talked about this on a recent episode, just like briefly. But I guess the idea behind the lyric is that California. Is so grand, you have to be of grand stature to be able to take all of it in, right? Like the, the yeah. entire perspective of it. At least that's what I heard, like, I don't know, the year after this album came out. I was like, yeah, yes. this makes sense to me. Cool, I guess. I don't fucking know. This is yeah. just how this song goes to me. <laughs> this, this album and Iowa are probably... Uh, and some like select songs of, of like uh, chocolate starfish and mm-hmm. hot dog flavored water are like perennials 
for me. Like I've never gone too much time. I've, I've right. prob- like between those three albums, I don't think I've ever gone more than like two months without listening to at least some music from one of them. You know? Right. Yeah. Just always a part of me. Everywhere yeah. I go. The, this album and Iowa like are, are like really great driving. Um, Records, mm-hmm. like if you, if you want to drive really aggressively, <laughs> put you're, these albums on. If you're trying to outrun the cops. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I have to be careful listening to this when I drive because I, I just like will just default into driving aggressive as fuck. And I'm not an aggressive driver, but like, yeah, you can't help it. Yeah, you can't fucking help it. You really can't, especially with this album. It just is relentless. Yeah, it, oh. it offers very few like slowdowns and then even when it does it picks back up within like two minutes or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, that's what i really like about them um as a metal band is they they do the dynamic where they slow it down and then they uh you know build it back up whereas a lot of metal bands are just like in your face just like the whole fucking song yeah um and to me that that isn't hard yeah so crazy <laughs> screams wild yeah but like to me that is not that doesn't give me ant if it's just like solid the whole way through just like intense i, I it just kind of like almost turns into background music to me yeah. but like whenever they're like like a band like slipknot will do like the slow it down bring it back up you know go quiet for a second get loud um that to me is like god damn mm-hmm. this is this gets me fucking amped. I yeah. need that like slow down and then that build back up. I just, yeah. it's, it's just, it's like sex, man. You just can't pound the whole time. You gotta like, gotta speed it up and slow it down. Well, I look forward to trying it sometime. I well, hear, I hear good things, you know, I mean, I'll, show you. I'll show you later. <laughs> um, yeah. I like the thing that I identify so much with this album and Iowa is the groove of it. Like they just yeah. have such a, they're in the pocket with the groove yeah. and uh, you know, volume three cuts out a lot of that. So I, I really didn't care for that album yeah. very much. Um, they would later have that reinstalled on subsequent albums, mm. but uh, for this first album, as I was going back and re listening to it and uh, especially like the latter tracks, I was like, Oh fuck, I forgot this part. Like just slammed so hard this late in the album. Right. And uh, yeah, they're just really fucking good at it. I yeah. don't know how they were able to be so energetic. The My first experience with Slipknot was buying, because it was on sale at a uh, used record shop in Claremore, Oklahoma. I came across the uh, Welcome to Our Neighborhood uh, home video of Slipknot. Oh, that was right. literally the first Slipknot product I ever owned. And it's like a 20-minute VHS tape of the band. It's like, uh, some performance footage. Uh, yeah. They perform like Wait and Bleed and Servicing Live. And then there's a music video for Spit It Out. And then they have like some uh, cryptic like interview, if you want to call them that, uh, questions for the band. And they're like behind right. this like gauzy lens. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're, uh, we're just like some fucked up dudes. Like they're, they're, their personality is a little yeah. bit more quiet than how Well, they... because that was kind of their thing at first, right? Where they were like. Being mysterious. Yeah. And, yeah like, like. Dude. Because they were, uh, what their faces look like. I remember that being like a thing. It was like, like, what do they look like under the mask? And mm. like pictures, like you know, coming on fucking Usenet or fucking whatever mm-hmm. like, was being uh, uh, used back then. Um, people be like, oh my god, I, I, 
we found a picture of Corey Taylor before he was ever in Slipknot. Oh my god! And who knows if it even was him or not? You could have said any of that about anyone because no one knew what the fuck they looked like. But I kind of enjoyed that. It was like theatrical. Yeah, like I know that Kermit the Frog is not real, but Mm -hmm. like. I don't want to know that at the same time. You know, like I've, sure. I've got a, a certain part of my brain that's like, yeah, the Muppets live amongst us. So fucking what? Yeah. They got to pay taxes. Yeah. I saw fucking Fozzie Bear standing in line in front of me at H&R Block last year. Pay yeah. taxes. Hi, yeah. Mr. Wayo. Waka, waka. <laughs> You're trying to pay, <laughs> pay us taxes with rubber chickens. Idiot. It was fucked up. I had to pull him aside. Like, dude. Yeah. What are we doing here? dude? I saw him at Wawa. Waka wawa. That was a joke. <laughs> that was it. That was the entirety of it. That was worth it. Yep. We liked it. We all got there. Yeah. People come here for Muppet Talk and New Metal. Mm-hmm. If we know anything, that's what it is. Yeah, Miss Piggy. Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Love animals. Can we do all the the, the Muppets? I think we'll we just, can. This is a Muppet podcast. I, I, <laughs> just hard pivot. All it took was for us to get to a new metal band that wore masks. Yeah. And then we just got there. We have full puppet with it. Well, that's so funny. That's a wonderful transition to the song Wait and Bleed, which has a music video that involves puppets. Does it really? Yeah. It was I like claymation that. puppets. Yeah. I went back and, re- oh, and rewatched it recently. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Okay. There, there's like a guy, like a real human guy who like brings the puppets back to his little like gross shit or whatever and then the they the slipknot members escape and then yeah. they end up like killing him and setting him on fire so it was jeff dunham <laughs> jeff, yeah, <laughs> yeah one of them's a hot the, ter- ter- the, the terrorist uh-huh. so cool cool it's like he won't apologize that's the best thing when i i when i worked in a music venue um we one time ha- we would have like um like manager meetings mm-hmm. and uh, the, uh, the like the director like for the whole building mm-hmm. would like she would lead them and she would have these like questions and then at the end you know she'd like it was just like stupid little work shit mm-hmm. and uh, one time we had like a we had a quiz and I always did really good at the quizzes because mm-hmm. I, I knew a lot of shit about music and um, I won like most of them just mm-hmm. not to brag I won most of them um, but I, I won one and she was like okay here here's your prize and it was always some stupid like some something that got left over from a band or something mm-hmm. she threw me a shirt and it was a Jeff Dunham shirt <laughs> and I looked at it and I was like I don't want this <laughs> she was like my boss <laughs> she was like oh well you can just give it back and I was like I'm not trying to be rude but Jeff Dunham is a piece of shit <laughs> everybody knows this right and people are like I like Jeff Dunham I'm like he has a puppet called like Ahmed the yeah. dead terrorist and mm-hmm. it's like and I tried to explain it and they're like what's well, funny I'm like alright mm-hmm. just take the fucking shirt I don't want this shit I fucking hate Jeff Dunham he's not funny either like it's not just that he's like racist and like like lowest common denominator comedy no I like that part <laughs> that's, that's the part I like that and the puppets those are all for me but like I just like man this is is gar how do everybody was like kind of like wrath fuck all of you fuck all of you so like with that place um all right <clears throat> wait and bleed this is the next one um this is the first uh this is the first song i ever heard by them oh okay i think i heard it on the i i, I want to say that i heard it on the radio mm-hmm. um and i was just like man this is fucking good i they would occasionally play this on the radio here yeah. in uh, in tulsa but it was like 
more rare than I wanted it to be. Yeah, know? they didn't play Slipknot very often. It was like usually after dark. There's something about like right. the sun is set. Now the spookies can come out and play. Yes. Yes. I was cruising around at night in my 89 Ford Taurus, and I believe I heard this one. Hell yeah. So wait and bleed. Here we go. Great melody. He's got a great voice, you know. Absolutely. He really does. Like, just... There's there's a reason that Corey Taylor is a fucking rock star. Like, yeah, he's got s- multiple successful projects, right? So he's got Slipknot, Stone Sour. He's got his solo stuff. Yeah. Uh, to, like, varying degrees of success. But even still, he's, like, ever-present in, like, hard rock and, oh, and yeah. metal. Oh, my God. Yeah, this... So fucking good. Have you heard the... Uh, like the radio version of this, instead of like uh, screamed vocals here, it's like sung or whatever. Yes, it's weird. Like every once in a while, I'll be listening to um, I don't know, like something, <laughs> and it will. Yeah. Go, like if I'm watching a movie and the song's in it, but it plays the like clean vocal part of it. Right. Instead, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot they recorded this version of this it's song. So weird. Yeah, it's like just. They just like, this is too hard. Yeah, or? I'm watching an R-rated movie and this comes up. Oh goddamn! Uh. They performed the song on Conan O'Brien back in the day, oh. and I've watched that so many fucking times. They just like go way, way harder than they ever needed to, but it fucking works. Right, and don't they like kind of like tackle Conan almost at the at the end of it or something? Something. Uh, maybe. I, I don't remember that part of it, but... I feel like there was they, something, because I feel like I remember watching that performance, like, multiple times. Or maybe... No, 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 no. No, it's the backstage picture. It was a backstage picture. Yeah. And it's, like, Conan and Andy Richter are, like... <laughs> and they're, like, these... <laughs> surrounded by these nine fucking maniac men, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the thing I like about this song is, like, the chorus... It's kind of atypical with the drums because it relies on the toms quite a bit, which you yeah. don't really hear too often in like popular music. Right. Uh, definitely not like pop, but oh my god, I love this. Yeah. So fucking good. How old were they when they recorded this? I think like early 20s. I early think, 20s? Yeah, really? I think wow. uh, Clown so is the, the oldest one, and he might have been like, uh, he might have been like his early 30s. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, they were like fairly young. And you could tell like, if you watch any of those early performances, uh, especially over the first like two album, like touring cycles or whatever, right. they're like super energetic all over the place. Yeah. And just like constantly. Had to be in the 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that like... There's a lot of wear and tear. If you watch modern uh, videos on YouTube of them, like I was watching one of them in like, I don't know, Berlin or like one of those European countries. Yeah. Uh, uh, just like a couple nights ago. And like, like it's still cool, but there's a lot of like pyrotechnics and a lot of this other stuff. And it's just. Right. Uh, and everyone is so spread out, you know? And I feel like that loses a little bit of the energy. Like back in the yeah. day when you had to cram nine guys on a tiny ass <laughs> stage. Uh, you're all feeding off each other right there, you know, and yeah. it just... Uh, God, can you imagine having to get up, find a practice space that can fit nine people? <laughs> I know, man. Like, uh, And then, like, having to daisy-chain all of the, like, uh, electric cords and cables Jesus and all that shit. Jesus Christ. That yeah. setup must be insane. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I didn't have to do it, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, fuck it. Uh, so, this song is short, and it's sweet, and I'll tell you, this song is fucking perfect. Surfacing? 
Uh, no, wait oh, and bleed. Wait and bleed. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Uh, oh, I fucking love wait and bleed. It's like might be my favorite. It. I, that song. I know it's like the most like. <laughs> I don't know. If it's probably not their most popular song, but like at, at the time, it was like mm. their number one. Like I feel like that was like the most recognizable song. Oh sure, yeah. I think um, this is like an old timer for every concert they go. This is like yeah, th- they play this song. This is yeah. their "Smells Like Teen Spirit" or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's good. Yeah, uh, and it's only like two minutes twenty seven seconds, so wow. they're like in and out of that song, bitch. You yeah. know, you don't need hey. to stick around further than that. Fuck no. What else have we got to do? Uh, yeah. We play a guitar solo. Eat shit. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Um, you want to go to the next one? Well, number five here, mm. surfacing, is sure. known as our new national fucking anthem, as said at every Slipknot concert ever, and for good reason. So fire this bad boy off. Here we go. Man. So I used to, you'll, you'll remember this, my car, my piece of shit car I had back in the day, 89 Dodge yeah. Spirit. Paint peeling off the top. Oh, yeah. RV sauce just sunbaked into the back of it. Uh, Why? I don't know. We were dumb kids driving around, <laughs> throwing, throwing RV sauce on the, my trunk. Can't help you. But uh, the sound system in it was almost non-existent. I, But at one point, I had sound on just the uh, right side of my car, just the driver's side. Right. So I would go and I would listen to this song in my car. And I would hear the opening cymbals, and then oh. it was quiet for a little bit. Right. And I was like, oh, that's a weird, that's a weird choice. So they just, okay, they, yeah, 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 of course. They just let you linger in this. Yeah, of course, right. Sure. It was like a month of me <laughs> listening to this album in my car before I listened to it in my stereo at home. Yeah. I was like, there's this whole other ass guitar part here. <laughs> I had no fucking idea. I should have known, but yeah, it was just like. Right. Because it's a long time. It's probably like, I don't know. 10, 11 seconds of just like silence otherwise, you yeah. know? But well, yeah. That's great. Oh, this chorus. Mm. It's good. That percussion adds so much. Look, like, do they need two percussionists? Do they need a sampler? Do they need a DJ? No. But like, why do bands exist? Like, it could yeah. just be, like, one person just, like, screaming into an echo chamber, right? Right. Like, I don't know. Sometimes we just like to have a lot of members. And it works out on this album. Yeah. Especially if you listen to it with headphones in. Oh, man. Uh, you can hear the, like, uh, differences in the timbre of the, like, when the percussion kicks in. Yeah. It really does make a difference. And honestly, like, these are nine guys on stage. They're wearing masks. You've got, like... All this flailing about. You've got these giant ass like bass drums that are put up on these stands. It's just, it's a cool fucking look. It sounds good. Does Slipknot need nine members? Yeah. Yes. Pro- uh, let's throw a tenth and eleventh on there. Fuck, Fuck it. We'll get an exilophonist. <laughs> exilophone? Yeah. All right. We're pronouncing the X now. Do we not? Xylophone. It's just xylophone? Yeah. Oh, my God. It took me 40 years to find out this information. I always. Well, I guess some people call him, like, Xavier. Some people call him Xavier. I was going to say, yeah, I've heard people call him Xavier. I'm like, you got to pronounce the X, you idiot. But maybe you don't. No, it's xylophone, though. Not a xylophone. (laughs) I literally had no idea that was (laughs) I know. I believe you. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take much oh convincing. 
Um, and then a, a, a jazz saxophonist needs to be in the band as well. Absolutely. And you can like transition to the tuba just from that System of Down album because like yeah, it's fucking great. This song has like some of the best scratching on it that's uh, ever existed. Oh yeah. In in new metal, in hard rock, in like hip hop, it's just like iconic to me. It adds a lot. Mm-hmm. One of my uh, favorite things that ever happened to me yeah. is that um, back when I was like playing in a, a band and I had uh, some scratch records and I would come across time to time, I would come across samples from this album mm-hmm. that are just like oh. out there, you know, in, right. in the wild that people use all the time. Uh, but there are some of them where I'm like, God, I don't, I don't know where the sample comes from. I don't know how it was made, any of that stuff. And then at a certain point, Sid released his own, like, mm-hmm. DJ vinyl. And it was called uh, DJ Starscream's oh, shit. Full Metal Scratch It. What? And it has Holy a shitload shit. of, like, scratch samples. So it's stuff you hear on the album. Sometimes it's just, like, noises from uh, Slipknot uh, music that's included in there. Some of them are just, like, vocal takes from Corey Taylor. Sometimes it's just guitar chugging. But it's a lot of fucking cool shit. And it's, uh, I just handed Ross my copy of it. And uh, it's fucking rad. Like, it's not anything you would want to, like, put on to listen to well, or whatever. No. But, like, as a, as a tool... Uh, to be a scratch DJ, it's like fucking killer. So that is awesome. Yeah, I was uh, very happy with it. But uh, yeah, super cool. Hell yeah, dude. Let me ask you something. No, <laughs> moving on. No, <laughs> Xylophone. Um, <laughs> xylophone. Is there uh, when you're when you're when you're a DJ in a band uh-huh. and you don't have anything to play and the rest mm-hmm. of the band is playing? Is mm-hmm. there ever a moment and you're like? No, oh, like I'm getting away with something. You mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no. I I always want to be involved okay. in some way, and I remember trying to like constantly um, think of like new approaches to things. Right. So like the band I was in was a five piece. Mm-hmm. So it was a guitar, bass, drums. Each of those were separate uh, people. Then we had a standalone singer, and then me. So uh, whenever the songs were written, it was all like jammed out, and then we would be like, oh, that sounds good. Let's try to keep that and jam on that riff now and see what we can build off of it. And right. then eventually the songs uh, kind of just built from there. And then the the way it kind of like worked out is uh, either myself or our singer would end up being like the lead uh, presence on a song okay. for yeah. the most part. But then I felt like, oh, I don't want to be like the featured DJ on a song or whatever. Right, right. So then I tried to make stuff that was more like built into like, a verse or whatever. Sure. So I tried to like change it up from time to time. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, you guys aren't doing something the entire time you're back there. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have absolute respect for, for DJs and bands. Just mm-hmm. FYI. I'm not trying to like shit on it. It, it just like having been in a band mm-hmm. where you're just like, oh, well, I gotta play the whole fucking time. <laughs> I gotta play every <laughs> goddamn second of this song. Like sometimes I look back at the DJ and I'm just like, man, be nice if I could just like, just back there eating a sandwich and shit. You guys go ahead. Yeah. I got an ecto cooler somehow. I, I remember know. my mom and I went to crystal method, uh, the crystal method oh, show yeah. back when I was in like high school, she took mm-hmm. me to it cause she loved crystal method too. Um, and we went to a crystal method show and you know what? It's a DJ. So you're, you're just dancing like, you mm-hmm. know, like they do some stuff, but like for the most part, 
They're just kind of like chilling up there. Yeah. And I remember my mom being like, so they did not play the whole time. I'm like, no, this is, you, you, they're like DJs. You just go and you like dance. She's like, well, I wanted to see them like play instruments. I'm like, listen to the album. There's not <laughs> instruments in the album. Wait, it's like, did, so I saw the Crystal Method too, and they yeah. had like keyboards and they were like, they were like doing stuff or at least like mimicking doing stuff. Right. You know, but they, they did stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't, but, but there were times when, you know, they would just be like, it would just be like playing like a, you know, like a track and they would yeah. just be kind of like chilling in the cut. Mm-hmm. And my mom would just be like, Oh, I thought they were going to be like doing mm-hmm. stuff the entire time. <laughs> like, yeah. They can't play a drum machine and keyboard <laughs> and like sing and like, they don't sing, you know? So I just thought it was funny that she didn't, she didn't quite understand like, like, what do they do? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, it, she comes from the generation of, like, yeah. if you go see a band play, all the instrumentation is happening live. They didn't have, right. like, all these... They didn't even pre-recorded yeah, anything. That, yeah, that wasn't that big of a deal back then. But, yeah, uh, yeah now it's just, like, it's all just pre-recorded. Sure. Or whatever, yeah, you know, totally so, right. yeah. All right, um, you want to move to the next one? Oh, my God. The world ain't ready for Spit It Out, track six. But we're going to do it anyway. Here we go. Have you <laughs> have you seen the music video for this? I'm sure I have. This is on the uh, Welcome to Our Neighborhood uh, uh, home video thing that I was telling you right, about. Right, okay. And this is the only actual music video that's on it. And the music video is uh, intermixed with, like, uh, concert footage of the band playing. Yes. It's uh, the band dressed as people from The Shining, the movie The Shining. And oh, so I'll okay. tell you, my first experience with The Shining was the Spit It Out music right. video. <laughs> Not The Simpsons? Uh, the Shinnin? It could have been, but I don't know that I made that connection. Right, you know? right, right, right. Yeah. I should have, but I just, it was two separate things, two different parts of my life. Right. Because I, I feel like I was like maybe like early teens when that episode came out, and this yeah. was like when I was much older and fucking cool, you cool, know, listening man. to this. Like, uh, he's, uh, you guys wear masks. That's <laughs> cool. But, uh, yeah, so, like, I was seeing all this stuff. I was like, oh, they got, like, a, a neat little story going on here. Oh, who are these guys? Oh, they, who are these little guys? So they decided to put Corey in a flannel in a vest. <laughs> he's got a... he got an axe. Oh, he's looking through the door. That's, like, from a movie, I think. Yeah. That's from something. <laughs> Interesting. And it wasn't until later right. that I was like... Oh, it's The Shining. That's what this is. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, when I was young, younger, um, like maybe early teens, if that, mm-hmm. uh, we used to always take trips to the to, to Colorado. Yeah. And we stayed in the hotel that Stephen King based The Shining off of. So it's not the actual, like, overlook. It was the Stanley. Uh, oh. Which which is what he based it on. Although when they filmed it, they filmed it at like a different place. Mm. Um, the Kubrick movie mostly shot on a sound sound stage, but they also did some on site. Anyways, um, we stayed in the hotel that was like based on it. Oh. They had a channel that constantly played The Shining on a loop. Oh. <laughs> and it was an old hotel. Like it was an old fucking hotel. Yeah. Um, and we stayed there. My brother and I would always share a room. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I remember my parents being like, okay, they're playing The Shining on channel whatever. Uh-huh. Don't watch it. <laughs> so as soon as they were gone, we were like, 
Hell yeah. yeah. We put the Shining on. Was it the Kubrick version yeah, or was yeah, it the, the Kubrick made one. for TV? Yeah. Scared the fuck out of us. Oh, I'm sure. And then we were like, we got to go find room for 247. Because that's the one that they go in as like the old lady, you mm-hmm. know, or it's a young lady that turns into the old lady or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember we like, we found the room. We were like, oh my God. <laughs> we're t- fucking terrified. <laughs> and like at the time, I didn't realize that like, I, assu- I assumed like, oh, they filmed it here. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, this, ha- this is a haunted hotel. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Like whatever. Oh, my, my dumb little brain was <laughs> yeah. coming up with. I was like, yeah, this, this is haunted. Of course mm-hmm. it is. I remember being like fucking petrified mm-hmm. the whole time we stayed there. Um, but it was a gorgeous hotel. Yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, that was a Shining. <laughs> I th- that was th- a Shining? I think I've, Next track? I've only seen The Shining once and it was long, long ago. What? So I need to rewatch it for sure. Dude, Spooky Month's coming up. I know. That's my, that's, that, I watch that every, every October. Do you? I fucking love The Shining. Have it is. Ever- terrifying to this day have you seen me. uh that documentary uh, room 237 yeah i remember seeing it back in the day and even then like being so far removed from it i was like most of this seems kind of bullshitty to me you know yeah, a lot of it is bullshit it's like the Absolutely. uh what they say on with Gorley and russ like all the fan theories just like oh it only enhances it it only makes things better when you do uh fan theories mm. maybe it's a different podcast there's but. a limit yeah there's a limit and that movie is it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that movie is like definitely I, it. Generally speaking, like fan theories are like kind of fun. We're like, oh, the fucking uh, uh, the girl from Tangled shows up in Frozen. <laughs> you know this, and uh, it's just like, oh, wait, does she really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like a little cameo thing, but I've never people seen one. people have been like, okay, so this connects to this. It's like they just wanted to reuse a model they had. Sure. Just. Easter egg, who cares? Just let it go. Although Kubrick was like very like specific about like every shot and like including meaning in it. So like I can see where people would like come up with theories. And I think there are some theories about that that like probably make sense because like when they built the set, they built like the geometry of the set like didn't make logical sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Like there would be like where they would like turn a corner and you would see a door right on the corner and they would turn the corner and then like you could see like the door couldn't lead anywhere. Mm-hmm. But that was all like psychological so that it made you feel uncomfortable because you're like you're you don't notice it when you're watching it like but but it gives you this uncomfortable feeling that like this can't it almost like a dream like where like the geometry of a house doesn't make sense you know mm-hmm. like you walk through a door and you're in a field or whatever like it's it's shit like that where like a lot of the the architecture of it was just like nonsensical but on purpose so i can see where people would like oh if he did that then what else is he hiding in the movie you mm-hmm. know but i think i think a lot of it is bullshit but he he obviously did a lot of things like to to kind of in background to enhance the, the mm. overall feeling of it some of that i wonder if uh, much like the hotel's given name it was just simply overlooked you know maybe they were just like yeah i just want a window here you know it mm. looks nice next up we got tattered and torn <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first time on this album that it has slowed down at all right yeah it slowed down but it's not going to last very long no and then also it's going to be weird I love it. If you think you're listening to a Slipknot album, 
and you don't have some weird baby doll noises on it, you know it's going to be weird. I don't think Stuck that the landing. Up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just really panicked. I was backing myself into a corner. Waiting for the punchline on that. Nope. It's almost got a corn thing going on. Well, that's the Ross Robinson touch, I believe. There it is. Here we go. I'm just picturing, like, Craig, their sampler. They have the, this the spiky sampler? head. This has got to be his thing. I think so. Like, on the, the home video, whenever it goes through to different band members, uh, he says, I'm 133, I do sampling. And then it, like, <laughs> plays this part of the song. So I imagine okay. this is probably him. But I always imagine him just, like, holding, like, a saw blade vertical and then taking, like, a violinist bow and running it across <laughs> it to make the sound. I don't know what this is. It's probably him just, like, hitting buttons on a keyboard or playing a keyboard but doing the, uh, like, pitch roll thing. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it almost sounds like a, like a theremin or something. Like Yeah. Uh, yeah, something... Well, like I that. real quick, I mean, it is 2023, a Thera person. Thera person. Yeah. But can't, can you hear the theremin in there a little bit? Oh, yeah. I'm feeling Star trek God, already. I wish, I wish I could play the theremin. I mean, I, like, you seems can like just. like the coolest instrument. You probably just get one. You just, like, move your hands around, and that's it. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. It'd be fun to, like, perform the theremin live. We do that thing where you like somehow strap it to your body, then you go into the crowd, but everyone else is like fucking up your song because <laughs> they're just simply around you. There's no way. I'm trying to play the Star Trek theme. Are we going to get this pit going or what? Space. Yeah. The final front half. I love it. I love how it became just associated with UFOs. Oh, it's yeah. Like, this sound is UFOs now. <laughs> See, we like we're back to the heaviness, and then it's picked up the pace oh, again. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I like this song. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like that it's just like weird as shit at the first of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know that they performed this much after like <clears throat> their second album came out, but they used to play this live, and uh, uh, it's a good one. You know. Yeah. It, it allows like a small reprieve. Like, maybe a couple of the band members can get some water while it's playing or whatever, <laughs> but but that's it. Um, My mom's like, why are they getting water? <laughs> so, uh, on that that song, uh, we, we talked over it, much as we always do. Sure. But during the verses... Uh, protecting our asses. Absolutely. Uh, uh, during the verses, it's like that weird like keyboard stuff, and yeah. then like the bass underneath it. They like cut out the guitars until the very end of the song, for the most part. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the the bass lines on this song or this this album oh. overall? Like the the bass tone. Uh, the... Was it Paul Gray? Is that his Paul name? Paul Gray, yeah. yeah. Rest um, of power. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a fucking phenomenal bassist. Yeah. Um, I, I I really really absolutely love his bass playing, and the bass is like nice and forward in the mix, mm-hmm. um, which is a new metal thing. But um, it, you know, sometimes with metal, the the bass gets kicked way in the back, and they want yeah. that they want that mid and highs going mm-hmm. on there. Um, which I don't. I, I don't not a big fan of. If I, if I want metal, I want I want the bass to be in there too. Yeah. Um. Uh. But uh, yeah, he, he's he's a fucking phenomenal bassist. Um. And he's got cool ass mask. Yeah. Had a cool ass mask. Yeah. Oh my god. Was it was it heroin overdose? 
Uh, it was some type of like drug overdose. Yeah, because like I don't remember which kind of one. Because didn't didn't clown die as well? No, he's still alive. Okay, he's still yeah. alive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Joey, Joey and Paul, Joey, were the, the drummer two deceased. Yeah, right. What? How did Joey die? Uh, satisfactorily. <laughs> uh, no, he had some type of uh, uh disease. Right. That's right. I, th- that's they really right. haven't released a lot of information, but okay. Like, yes. Yeah, I knew. I knew that. Uh, I knew that somebody had died from a heroin overdose because then that's what because Corey was on heroin. Also, right, and then he got clean, I believe, was the... Probably. I think that may have been, like, years and years ago at, like, a certain point, like, when they were recording, like, Iowa. He was an alcoholic. I guess he's still an alcoholic, but he was, like, drinking all the time, you know, and then they kind of followed him through the third album and then all that stuff, so... Yeah, I I knew they had some substance issues, Mm -hmm. and I knew that that took took one of them down, unfortunately. Um, But rest in peace. He was a really fucking great... Great bassist. He was one of the principal songwriters as well. Both he and Joey were the principal songwriters. So a lot of the riffs oh. came from them. Right. Uh, and I think maybe that's because it was like the rhythm section writing the riffs and putting the songs together. I think maybe that's why that groove hit so hard when it, it does sense. on this. You know, it does make sense. Um, they are a groove, uh, a groove metal. I mean, mm. people throw all kinds of labels at metal. I am not saying that like they are groove metal like i'm tra- <laughs> trying to put them in a in a in a in a uh like lock them into a category i think that's stupid i think metal is one of the worst offenders of just fucking fragmentation and um like gatekeeping mm-hmm. um so i i don't like that but but i'm what i'm saying is like they they, they do have a groove to their metal it's not there there's like a nice you can bob your head to it you know mm-hmm. and i think the production or the uh the percussion section uh, really, 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 really is a huge part of that. Yeah, um, for sure. So it makes sense that, you know, the bass and the drum. I, I, I like that. I like the bassist and the drummer fucking and making a sound. <laughs> slapping <laughs> slapping butt cheeks, making sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. It's a sound. <laughs> We've done it again, brother. Right. Um, one of the things that I, I think... Uh, is a big draw for live performances besides the mask and you know like sure. the, the theatrics of it all is just like hitting that groove and the audience that listens to this type of music your body just instinctively knows how to respond to it you know right i'm a terrible fucking dancer my body does not respond to like <laughs> pop music or anything that way you know yeah but like when i hear shit like this i'm like i don't know what to fucking do let's go <laughs> But um, yeah, so I, I think that's a, a big uh, part of the appeal of of uh, this first and the second album is the uh, just Absolutely. being laced with that groove and uh, hitting it so well. All right, next up we got Purity. Oh my God, do you know about this song? I mean, I know it, but what do you mean? <gasps> he admitted. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, he admitted. <laughs> uh, so this song, okay. Jeez. Jeez, where did I begin with this one? Not right. All right. So uh, th- this was on the original version of the album when it mm-hmm. came out back in 1999. Uh, normally, uh, between Tattered and Torn and Purity, this song, uh, there was a track called Frail Limb Nursery. Right. And it had the spoken word intro, and it was speaking over that quieter part that we just listened to. Yeah. And then once the heavy part kicks in here, that's when the song Purity would start. Ah, okay. So 
they had to re-release this album in December of 99, like I said at the beginning of this episode, because there was a uh, copyright violation issue where the audio clip was taken from a website called Crime Scene back in the day. Hmm. And it was kind of like a, a, a creepypasta thing. Right. Right. So people would go on there and, and make up these stories about all these crimes or whatever. But there's no disclaimer that, hey, these are fictitious. So no. people like Slipknot would read these stories, get weirded out and be like, oh, we got we got to in- include this like news clip. Right. In in this uh, in our album. Yeah. But it wasn't a news clip. It was like it was a, a person that was like paid to do it or whatever. Sure. Like it was it was fictitious and therefore like art and they were like taking art essentially, right? Mm. So they ended up taking Frelim Nursery and Purity off the album and they replaced it with a song called Me Inside. And uh, I think that was the version that you bought because I think so. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that and I was like, what? Because this is one of my favorite songs on this album, Purity. Right. And uh, again, God Tear like scratching on it, like the chorus fucking soars. It's just a great song. And Slipknot would perform this live like consistently, even with this song not being available at the time, That's because crazy. like, uh, like downloading wasn't as prominent. Yeah. Uh, like Napster was around, but like it happened. Who, right. Yeah. Um, here we go. This chorus, like the background layer of vocals. Right. Man, it's just a great chorus. So, yeah, uh, I had the original version of this album that had like 15 tracks. So it included those two that I just mentioned. Right. Um, and I was I felt so lucky to have it. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can still listen to this. But I listened to this album so often that I got the dreaded thing that would happen when you listen to physical media sometimes, which is my CD started to crack. Ah, it started cracking shit. from the inside. And I just left the CD in my car for most of the time. So I didn't catch it until it was like too late and it started skipping early on. I was like, oh, fuck. Please tell me it didn't fuck up Purity. And then sure enough, it did. And I tried to take it to my computer and like just rip the the track from it. But it wouldn't like even read it at that point. So it was like, fuck. God damn. So I had to like toss it and I bought a new copy, but it didn't have those two songs on there or those two tracks on there. And uh, eventually they would re-release it for the, the 10th anniversary edition that we're listening to now but uh man i just love the song i, I yeah. it, it was uh so 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 purity was on the one before it was like the original original version of this album purity was on okay yeah and then they uh had to recall the outstanding albums that were in stores or whatever put out a new edition that uh, took out those two tracks and put me inside in its place okay so to me this is always like track nine on this album right but here it's like track eight okay because it looks like spotify has both versions of it Mm -hmm. so i was just kind of curious yeah yeah it's good so that's why you wanted to do i was curious why you wanted to do this one specifically i was like Mm -hmm. yeah fuck us up with this motherfucker hey hey man don't take this away from me don't take it away all right uh liberate let's go to the next one that was a good song. This one's like fun. 
You know? Yeah. Like yeah. it's got a like a bounce. Thematically, purity is so dark, even though the chorus soars. This was just like This is just gonna get the crowd moving up on the feet. You men you play this in a nursing home? Oh my god. Those blue hairs are coming alive, brother. Uh, spit it out is something that they're familiar oh with. Oh my god. Yeah. Denture is more like it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. So this is like uh, something that is uh, more prominent on this album than their subsequent ones, which is like more of a uh, rap vocal style that Corey Taylor does. Uh, he he really like doesn't do that going forward for the most part. Like Iowa, a lot of people expected Iowa to be like, oh, we're gonna have like eight weight and bleeds on this album, but they were just right. like, no, we're just gonna be extremely dark and heavy on this one, mm -hmm. and they got like even more popular because of it. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't really any rapping on it. Maybe like one song. I think I Am Hated has like a kind of a rap style yeah. uh, cadence to it. But um, yeah, like this is one of those songs along with Spit It Out that has kind of that rap style approach to it. Yeah. Have they ever done any covers? So, no. Uh -uh. Wow. No. If you heard they did, you're dead wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Never, never anything that's come out on an album, right? I'll say, yeah. But like, like, like live, did they ever do any like covers or anything? Um, I'm gonna give you up. I'm gonna <laughs> let you they, down. They rip roll the audience I'm first thing. They, they come out on stage. Uh, they they play uh, like a hype up video. That's yeah. like, oh, Slipknot's about to take the stage, and then they play the Rick Roll like video, <laughs> and then that like falls down, and people cheer, and then the band comes out, and they're like, cheer even louder, and then they just play the actual song. Did you get those super hyper-realistic looking masks, and they're yeah. all looking... <laughs> uh, uh, Rick Astley? Yeah. There we go. Have you seen him lately? Uh, yeah. Man like, looks impeccable. He looks good. And he seems to be enjoying his, like, newfound success. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's having a daggum ball with it. He did. I think I think it was Everlong. The yeah, Foo Fighters Foo Fighters. Yeah. Really good. Like, man can still sing like a fucking goddamn black angel. <laughs> White Beavis. Like, like <laughs> I'm telling you, listen to Rick Astley. Close your eyes and picture, like, like Barry White or something singing it. And you're like, oh, this sounds like a black man. And then oh, you yeah, find out it's, it. like, this, like, shrimpy little ginger man. Like... <laughs> But he has such like a big, like prominent voice. Yeah. Um, it's like he and Aaron Neville should swap appearances. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so that was a liberate. Uh, my my note on that one is we used to play in a band. You and I used to play in a band with uh, uh, a few people. Yeah. We were like, uh, I think we were, called, we were called like Redline. I think. Oh god. It was like violently misspelled. Jesus Christ. But yeah. uh, that was kind of like a new metal esque uh, band, I guess. Yeah. But uh, the guitarist in that band told me that like he listened to more like black metal and that type of right, thing, right, like right. Cradle of Filth. He was hugely into. So um, when I was playing this in my car one day, he said, "What are they saying? Liberate my banana." <laughs> so in the back of my head, I'm like, "Liberate." <laughs> it is kind of fun, you know. Oh, it's totally fun. Yeah. Um, okay. Up next up, we got prosthetics. Is that, uh, pr pr prosthetics. Ex xylophone. 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 <laughs> hmm. 
This is another one of those songs that really highlights the uh, custom percussion. Like here. Yeah. You can't, gosh, you can't just do that. Doing, doing. <laughs> but this is a nice buildup. This is another, like, uh, break in the listening to where everything's not just, like, yeah. constantly energetic, you know? Uh, again, not to say it won't be, but, you know, starting out, they're going to do that buildup right, pace it out, and then, like, once you get to yeah. the meat and potatoes of this bitch, it's really just going to fucking hit, you know? It's got that ramp up, man. It's, yeah. what it's, it's what I need in my heavy music. I gotta have that ramp up. I gotta have this. Gotta this get... this fucking scream, this prosthetic scream. You've used that. I've before. used this before. Okay, I was gonna I, say this is one of those samples I was talking about. I came across yeah. this. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah. I feel like you used it back in like high school, like Booty Cash All Star days. I no, I didn't have it then. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, like as soon as I came across this, I was like, right. I'm putting this in the fucking chorus <laughs> of a song, and I did. Hell yeah. That one's one of the songs we recorded too. But uh, it's just like, I don't know, it, it just, this song has such a, like, vibe to it. It's, like, eerie and, like, creepy, and you just yeah. see, like, grime and shit, you know? Not grime, so, like, it's not like uh, uh, Elon, Elon Musk is gonna, like, fuck the song, you know? But, could be. I used to love grimes. <sighs> I don't even know. It's a woman. <laughs> she, she's very fucking musically talented. Yeah. Um, She's a goddamn lunatic, though. Like, not in a good way. I mean, she's, like, squirted out three musk babies, so... I think the most... Oh, God. Have you have you seen the names of, of her children? <laughs> I heard I heard recently what it was on some podcast, but I, I can't remember. But, yeah, um, if you want to track it down. Uh, yeah, let's see. I love this chorus. It has this, like, flanger on it. Ooh, that's badass. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what what it's on because it doesn't sound like it's on his voice. It's just like a presence in the song, you know. It sounds yeah. ghastly. Damn, I was knew it was a Mustang. Okay, so their first baby is. X-A-E-A-X-I-I. Jesus, tap dance on Christ. Like, is that why Twitter is called X now? Is it for this? Did he, he read? He's always had an obsession with X. Oh my God. What a fucking edgelord. This fucking nerd. <sighs> Their second kid is Exa Dark Side Real Musk. You ready for the third kid's name? <laughs> so, is this like... The, like the the first one was their first kid. The second uh -huh. one is the next progression in naming, and then this last one is their most recent child. Yeah, that they just announced. Like nobody knew she had a third kid with him up until like I didn't even last know they had or something two, but they've yeah. got a third. I think they were all done uh, via uh, like IVF. Oh, there's a lot of people saying he can't get it up because he's had like he's had like nine kids through IVF with like m like multiple multiple women. Oh really? Yeah. Ugh. He's got. He's got third, third kid. He's got musk dick. Techno Mechanicus. <laughs> what the fuck? First name Techno, last name Mechanicus. I think that's what they called the Sega Genesis in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. That's like an image villain. <laughs> <laughs> the baby came out with pouches on. <laughs> <laughs> it's Techno Mechanicus. <laughs> Fought Savage Dragon for a little bit. Yeah. 
Damn, I was new. I was a Mustang. That's what I used to look. <laughs> I really like this song, though. Oh, it's so good. No like, way. Uh, this is another one of the uh, intros that I get stuck in my head from time to time, just out of nowhere. Yeah. On the beginning of this, it's like, dink it, dink it, dink, dink. It's so good. It's like a cat getting tossed down a well. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, they should play that sample whenever uh, fucking Toots is the driving cat. <laughs> 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 Drives off the cliff and SNL skits. <laughs> He's a cat that can drive, just not very well. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> that era of SNL. <laughs> the car going off the cliff. Oh, damn. Oh, God. Hell, yeah. Oh, fuck me. All right. Um, <clears throat> Are we ready to move on to track 11? We are ready. All right. No, no life. life. I feel like that's pointed at us for some reason. I don't know why. But. What? I have a fulfilling life where I sit at home all day and work on spreadsheets. Oh, shit. You. Delete column, nah, son. I'm adding two. Formula. I don't know what those are. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've I've learned. (laughs) Uh, So, again, this is another one of the more, like, rap-focused vocal performances. And then uh, he shouts out LL Cool J and Chuck D on this song, so. Oh, cool. It's, you know. LL Cool J I had to look hard as hell I had a phase Like a month ago Where I was I I, I was listening to an interview With um, Cannabis Cannabis Hell yeah Uh, dude Hell yeah dude Um, One of the best Fucking underground rappers Of all time Okay And he was like Talking up LL Cool J And I'm like then I was like, wait a second. I don't think I've ever really listened to LL Cool J. Other than Mom said Knock You Out. Yeah. And then, like, his random appearances, which are all, like, terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, wait, I'm going to go listen to his early music. Maybe you haven't heard Deepest Bluest. My hat is like a well, shark. Well, okay, okay. I, mm, <laughs> put some respect on it. I've, I've heard that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I went back and listened to his first album. Man's got bars. He is fucking rad. I, I was discovered, like, fuck me, man. I discovered this back in 2020. Like, during yeah. the pandemic, I was like, I came across uh, Rock the Bells. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. It's just, like, unrelenting. Rapping like, his fucking ass The off. chorus is just music. The rest of it is him just, like, spitting game. He fucking rules. I see why. Like, yeah. I've heard for years, like, Eminem talk about, like, oh, I fucking loved LL Cool J. Such yeah. a great rapper. And I was the same way. I was like, I've only heard Mama Said Knock You Out and then, like, some songs from soundtracks. Right. right? right. It's like. Like his late uh, 90s, early 2000s shit, which was just, like, yeah. terrible. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Gotta respect this part. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to, like, rewind my my CD and listen to that over and over and over again. It's just cool. Cool little rhythm there. But uh, yeah, LL Cool J is in fact hard to sell. Shockingly, yeah. He's he's fucking good. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Do you think LL Cool J should was have he, a new was metal that album? Hanging out, hanging with Mr. Cooper, was that him? That was him, wasn't it? Wait, what? Hanging out with Mr. Cooper. No. <laughs> Who was that? A totally different person. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll pull it up. Holy shit! Well, gonna... Didn't he have a show in like a, like a CW or? Oh, uh, yeah. What was it? All right. Uh, let's see. All right. So we're on diluted. Diluted. Track twelve. Mark Curry. That's who it was. 
On hanging with Mr. Cooper? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know why I thought that was LL Cool J. I swear he had like a... I swear he had a TV show, but who cares? Me, now I'm invested in this because I, I think you're right. In the house. In the house. That's what it was. was. Okay. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was like, uh, well, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is doing well. So, here you go. You do a show. <laughs> but I don't think it really, like, took off that much. Oh, man. That sounds right. Uh, the drums on this are chaotic. Just pure chaos. Oh, man. But that's, like, a lot of Joey Jordanson stuff. Like, he does so many, like, little intricate fills and hits cymbals uh, unexpectedly. Like, whenever you watch him play live. Right. That is... It's fucking crazy that he doesn't have 400 arms. This is another good chorus. This is a banger of a chorus right here. I like this part. UPN, like, Oopin. That's what I was thinking. Oopin. Okay. <laughs> Homeboys from Outer Space. <laughs> I'm glad you remember Oopin as well because I was trying to explain this to someone a long time ago. Yeah. But I think they were like younger than us. And they were like, what? Oopin, why would they call it that? I was like, why did they call it that? We, I didn't tell them to do that. They just called it that. Gets the people going. <laughs> Oopin. <laughs> oh, man. I remember watching Homeboys in Outer Space a lot. I, I loved that show. I remember watching like their Sunday morning cartoon block. They were like the only place I could find oh, cartoons yeah. on a Sunday. Yeah. It was like The Incredible Hulk and like Jumanji, the Jumanji TV show oh. or cartoon. God, I forgot that was a thing, yeah. Oh, hashtag never forget, you know? And it was that, uh, it was like the Rugrats animation, right? Yeah. That Kaspersky or whatever animation studio? Yeah, it was kind of like, very like stylized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocco's Modern Life, that kind of... I think Duckman. so, yeah. Can I keep going? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you? Wild thorn- Thornberries. Oh, you did it. Holy <laughs> shit, wow, okay. <laughs> You called my bluff. You did it. Yeah, they had a very like distinct animation style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> did we run out of stuff? <laughs> uh, diluted sounds like diluted, which is uh, pain medication. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what else? What else? Let's see. You mean occupation? <laughs> Talk about late '90s UPN shows. Okay, done and done. Yep, we already we did that. Yep, <laughs> shit. shit. All right. Well, eventually it went to the WWWWB, right? Yeah. With a frog, like Felicity, and uh, Buffy. Charmed, I think, was part of it. Yes, Charmed was absolutely part of it. Yeah, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was like the big one. In my opinion. How can I forget? I I saw it was just announced today that the uh, original cast is reuniting for like an eight episode thing. It's like an audio only thing. It's not like filmed. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Eh, even still, it's cool to feel the cast sure. back. I can't wait for Joss to get back in the room with everyone mm. and just hang out and be like. I wonder if he's gonna be part of it. I can't imagine him not being. I I don't know unless they like adapt. Uh, something from one of the like comic book writers, or yeah, maybe true. they just like create a new thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah. go fuck yourself, buddy. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
Okay. If you have, if, if there's a rule on set that no underage women are allowed in your office alone, mm-hmm. that's a problem. I mean, they can't prove anything, you know? <laughs> I've, I filed my reports, you know? That's fine. No, no, no. Yeah, it's uh, that should be like warning flags all the way up, right? But I'm shocked it took this long for it to come out. Oh, yeah. A long time. He got away with a lot of shit for a long time before that shit came out. And with like Charisma Carpenter as well. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, man. All right. Because of fucking monster. Yep. The Avengers is a good movie, though. Well, the first one. (laughs) Actually, I I, I I like parts of the second one. I, I have fun with the second one. I feel like Ultron could have been used better, but that's just me. But okay. Um, and I would have put the Strucker twins in there. Let's uh, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, only one. Only one and of I'll the Strucker also, twins. I wouldn't have killed fucking Quicksilver with a goddamn bullet. Hey, bitch! You did see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was, but. <laughs> Um, who's that guy? I want to meet this guy. Hey, you see that's bad. This is a short song here. Is it? Some more rapping here. More rapping. You've got uh, some bass that's more prominent. <gasps> Two minutes, 26 seconds. Wow. It's shorter yeah. than uh, Wait and Bleed. No. Uh. This is the most rappy song, I think, on the album. Rip, rap, rippity roo. Rip, rap, rippity. <laughs> <laughs> but like. COVID numbers rising. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to fill that in. I'm sorry. Shout out, Doughboys. Shout out, Shout out, Doughboys. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard at that. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> Holy shit. Like, as as uh, rappy and, like, kind of effervescent as that verse was, this part of the song, this chorus, yeah, holy shit. The shit is fucking heavy. This is a great part of this song to, like, punch fight to, you know? Oh, man. Punch fight. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to the other kinds of fights. Yeah, kick fighting. No, 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 no. Sneeze fighting? No, get out of here. Hell no. Punch fighting? Yeah. That's that, that Drake meme. <laughs> kick fighting? No. <laughs> Bunch fighting. Bunch yeah. fighting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like it when they distort his voice, like when he really just like, like, like screams, and they uh, do something with production where they, it's almost like they, uh, it almost sounds like he's screaming to like a broken amplifier or something. It was oh like, yeah. Right, right here. I think this is kind of. Yeah, like they're putting a little bit of like an overlay on his voice. I really, really love that because mm-hmm. it just amps up that like yeah aggression a lot and they've got like multiple dudes doing backup vocals here as well that's always something i've been curious about like, yeah i know on the first lincoln park album uh a lot of the band members who are not like chester and mike i think maybe all of them are credited with doing background vocals but i'm like where and right. like who's doing the background vocals on this on like what song on this slipknot album you know yeah and like how much of it is just like Corey overdubbing himself or whatever. Right. I don't know. We may never know. No and one knows. That's the truest travesty of all. Mm-hmm. Scissors. Don't run with them. That's the next track. Yeah, it's just, just scissors. Just get a couple of them together and start fucking. Damn, this is a long. This is this is a long boy. It's a long. It's a long daddy. So on that Welcome to Our Neighborhood VHS tape, uh, it was 20 minutes, but then they re-released it on DVD 
they added an extra like I guess like quasi music video. It's like live footage of the band playing this song, but also like they're out there like lighting fires. <laughs> cool. <Yeah>. Oh, hey, <laughs> Beavis. Fire, fire. Beavis starts jacking off his nose. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, as we're listening to this long-ass song, we can uh, discuss some of the other stuff that we normally discuss. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think about when a band self-titles an album? Do you have any, like, hard or strong opinions on any of that? Man. No? no. I, every band's pretty much got a self-titled album in there somewhere. Hmm. I, always think it, I, I think it's better to like for your first album to be self-titled. Right, yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking. And then for the subsequent ones to, you know, kind of stand out and differentiate from the, from the initial one. It's like Deftones, um, their fourth album was self-titled, which is wild Oh, to me. yeah, that's right. Because uh, you got Adrenaline around the fur, White Pony, and then they're self-titled. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, man, we're the fourth one to pull out the self-titled card. Yeah, now. yeah. But I like it. It happens from time to time. I think Blink-182's, like, fourth album was self-titled as well. Yeah. And that was when they did their, like, change in styles and all that stuff where are you <laughs> oh man aliens do exist you know mm. he was right the whole time Tom DeLonge was right they, that made me feel some kind of way tell you what yeah. but then like it turned out we all don't care well <laughs> you talk about the grush hearings yeah they're pretty gross. The pr- problem is, it was all things that he heard. He never firsthand saw or experienced any of this stuff. It was stuff that he was told by people he considers, res- you know, like, trustworthy. I don't know. Like, the telephone so. game holds up in court. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm still not convinced. Because mm-hmm. uh, I did watch the hearings, and I'm like, what's that word? Hearsay? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all this is. Yeah. Um, and I do believe that he heard it from people. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not convinced aliens mm-hmm. are real. And I'm not convinced until I see it myself. And sir, who told oh. you this? Did you see the, uh, the aliens come out of Mexico today? Wait, what? You not see that? No. Some guy in Mexico uh, is claiming he has um, uh, alien bodies and he brought them today. Fucking hilariously fake looking. Oh, really? Unbelievably <laughs> fake looking. Like. It was just like a stitch plushie. Oh, I'll, I'll show you some pictures later. Okay. Of my penis and of the alien. Oh, okay, cool. I'll let you decide which one which. <laughs> they look like e- they look like ET. Like it's just it's 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 clearly. Is he like fake. serious or is he like? He's dead serious. Oh, really? Um, He's not funning. But he like presented them to like the Mexican like government like mm-hmm. on air, and they had like a hearing over it and stuff. So like it got like. Like, it got, like, actually quite a bit of, like, exposure, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're obviously fucking fake. Really Interesting. Yeah. It's hilarious. I guess you can kind of present anything to the government. It's just up to them to have a whole presentation yeah. on it, you know? I think it's because we the U.S. recently had the, the hearings and the UAP thing is, like, a pretty hot topic. So I think it was sort of like, he was like, ah, I'm going to strike now. Like, yeah. he's... <laughs> I got aliens, guys. Look, look, look. Yeah. And those people were like, no, you fucking don't. No, <laughs> fucking real. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, it's the same guy who, like, uh, several years ago um, took several children that had been mummified and, like, tried to pass them off as aliens. Um, For Halloween? <laughs> yeah. 
and everybody called him out on his bullshit, and they weren't real. Uh, but he's doing it again, so cool. It's good to have hobbies. You gotta say, you know, no harm, no foul. That's fine. Yeah, don't even worry about it. I think it. I think the possibility of aliens are absolutely possible. Sure. However, I posit yet another theory. The only way to cross vast reaches of space is to literally fold time, or to be a creature that can live for like billions and billions of years, right? Because to, to, to get to like the nearest like solar system would literally even at light speed would take us like billions of years like that's how far away the next closest thing that and even then we don't we don't think that there's anything there um or at least no planets that could reasonably sustain life uh, exoplanets um, i don't know i think dominic toretto could get there pretty quickly <laughs> just fire up the nos i am groot <laughs> and um groot could get there no but i think i think I think if you were gonna if you were gonna travel that far, you have to fold space literally, right? Um, like you can't just like fly straight line to that place, right? Mm-hmm. You literally would have to create some kind of like wormhole or or something, uh, or pull that level of space to you. So you know, imagine like you just you know fold space into each other and bam, you're there. Um, so you're not actually flying. Um, however, that that creates like a, you know another. Even if you're traveling at light speed, you're essentially um, you're time traveling, right? Because if you're going at the at the speed of light, um, time works on a completely different scale then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so 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 space and time are inexorably linked, right? Fourth dimension <coughs> is space time. My my theory is if there are aliens, if there are UFOs, whatever. I posit that they are not actually from another galaxy. I posit that they are from Earth. That they are from the far, 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 far distant Earth. Like, far, far in, 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 in time. And are uh, rather than, than traveling across space, they found a way to basically... Because, again, space and time are linked. If you were able to travel long distances, theoretically, you should be able to bend time as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more likely that they figured out a way to time travel and to come back to our time that they are just super evolved humans. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that makes more sense than me than than because space is just so goddamn huge that the idea of something traveling that distance is just impossible. I, yeah. I think time travel is more likely than traveling across like vast distances of space, but mm-hmm. what do I know? I'm just some fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I this think, sounds good. I think, yeah, this sounds good. Uh, I think that I want to be the first person to be able to fuck an alien. Okay. In addition to that, <laughs> I I want to be the first person to be able to uh, create a wormhole, and then because I'm the person who creates it, I'm going to rename it the butthole. And from this point forward, you're not going through a wormhole. It's a butthole, my dear boy. How about a butt worm hole? A butt worm hole? Oh, boy. Like a butt worm? Oh, boy. You know, it seems to come out of your dog's butt. Hey. Your dog specifically. You, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I told you that in confidence. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel the same way about uh, self-titled. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Talk about aliens. <laughs> like, uh, I feel like either make it your first album or just like come up with something different like you've written all these lyrics to songs just like maybe pick one of those or just create a, a different name uh for the album altogether yeah so like if you're like 
a few albums in, just like forget it. It's it's right. self-titled. not for you, you know. Sure. What, I think a power move would be like if a metal, like if Slipknot's eighth album came out, mm -hmm. and they named their eighth album Taylor Swift or like Beyonce or whatever. <laughs> and, Corey Taylor uh, Swift. Yeah, because you just like name an album whatever. You're not saying like that's the performer. You're saying we're naming the album after this person. It's pure coincidence. Sure. You know, I was not even aware this person existed. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those disclaimers you see at the end of movies or whatever. Yeah. Any people uh, mentioned in this title are, are entirely, uh, I don't know, fictitious and shit. Coincidental. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, it's a it's a person who puts together clothing very quickly. Uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Well, then you got a Noid on your hand. Oh, you got to avoid the Noid. Well, that's why that one guy went crazy. <laughs> That was a wild. If anybody doesn't know that story, um, or if you're too young to know, there was a there was a uh, Domino's campaign in the what was that early '90s, probably uh, that or late '80s, somewhere there. Yeah, yeah, it was mm -hmm. it was somewhere in there. It's called Avoid the Noid, and it was this little uh, claymation guy, um, and he was always trying to steal. Uh, he was always trying to steal pizzas, right? And, uh, Real fucking asshole. And so, so Domino's had this campaign that was like, avoid the Noid. He's the, he he does all the things to your pizza that you don't like, right? <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> <this. laughs> Fuck that pizza. <laughs> um, and there was a guy whose last name was Noid, I believe, and he he had some <laughs> mental problems, and he thought that Domino's was specifically attacking him, coming after him, and he like it drove him fucking crazy, and he ended up like. Uh, like taking a bunch of Domino's employees hostage. Oh, do you know about you don't know about that? Uh, it sounds vaguely familiar. I remember hearing about a guy who who shared that name, but I think maybe that's yeah. No, he, he like he like uh like uh armed himself and held up a uh held up a Domino's and like uh I, I demanded like... all the shit from Domino's and they stopped using the Noid as a character. Well, they should have avoided the Noid. I they don't know. What to to they take their own advice. <laughs> Domino's? That's on you, honestly. Uh, 1986 is when the Noid first appeared. Oh, okay, 86. Yeah, and then right. revived in 2021. You know, it was post-pandemic. We yeah. were like, we need something to make us feel good. Oh, this motherfucker's trying to steal the food that we had delivered to us because we couldn't interact with other people? Uh -huh. Then it was fucking hunting season is what it was, you know? <laughs> Loading up on camo and, and orange reflection. Noid season. <laughs> is that right? What you gotta watch out for that Noid there. Back, <laughs> uh, real quick before we uh do the last song, uh, cover art is uh just a group shot of the band, oh, and yeah. uh, there's like uh, do you have that pulled up right there? Like, are, are you able to uh, Spotify does this crazy, like, oh, it's like, uh, like animated, little kind of animated thing. thing in the background, but uh, no, I know what the album looks like. I, yeah, I owned it. <laughs> okay, jeez, goddamn, calm down, holy like shit, a border around it or something, uh, mm, like later of? versions of it, but like, oh, pretty much, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the images flipped depending on like whatever edition it was, but, uh, yes, yeah, just a group shot. You've got Chris Finn's head right there in the, the dead center, mm -hmm. uh, with that like giant nose being, uh, Corey Taylor's dick essentially. Uh, I heard maybe like six months ago or whatever that that was Photoshopped. Like you could find that same image of Chris Finn's face in the like booklet itself. And then uh, I think it was like a YouTube video or something like oh, that. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, here's like the original image. And it was just him looking straight ahead. But they couldn't like make it look right or whatever. Huh. So the artist went in there and was like, oh, I just adjusted. I just took it from here, put it there. And it's just like 
No, it's iconic or whatever. But then also the masks on the front, uh, the two guitarists. It looks like mixed mask. It's normally like a silver, like evil hockey mask looking type thing. Right. It looks like it's yellow on that. That could just be the lighting, but I've always like interpreted that as uh, yellow or gold or something like that. Right. Uh, that may not be the case. But then um, uh, Jim's mask in this is uh, instead of his like jester mask, it's like a just like a bondage hoodie. And that shows right. up within the booklet as well. There's like a group shot of all of them like standing around and he's wearing that. But also there's uh, additional photos in the booklet of him with the jester mask on. Huh. Uh, so it was like in that transitional period where he was like fresh to the band. He joined that January. They probably took those publicity photos like a few months later. And he was like, I don't have a fucking mask. Is like, here, just wear the old guy's mask or whatever. Right. But uh, yeah, it was just like a, a fun detail. If, uh, if you're up on your slip knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was curious to see if I could find like uh, the the unedited one. But um yeah, it looks like there's a couple different versions. Yeah. Um that's interesting. I did, I, n- I never knew that. Yeah, I didn't either till just recently. Like I fascinating. Spent, I spent so much time with his fucking album and there's still stuff I discover about it. All the cotton picking time. Cotton picking. Getting picking. Getting picking. Well, I'll tell you what, we've got yeah. one final track on here that we're going to discuss. That's track 15, which <laughs> is, <laughs> is Eeyore. Uh, this used to be a hidden track on this album. Yeah. Uh, there used to be uh, Silence After Scissors. And then at uh, 13 minutes, 21 seconds, there was a audio track entitled Mudslide. Do you know about this? You may. You see this? No, I don't think so. You want to hear something good. <laughs> so, Mudslide is. Uh, supposed to be audio of the band. Uh, it's kind of like a hazing ritual when uh, Chris Finn, uh, the the percussionist with the long nose, yeah, when he joined the band, and okay. they were all sitting around, and he was watching porn of like, was it like copophilia or whatever? It's like shit porn, right? Copophilia. <laughs> but it was weird because they they. But I think copophilia is like. Yeah, no, I know. I'm I'm a cab, but you know, if you want to be copophilia, it's fine. And uh, yeah, so it's audio of him like watching shit porn, and they're like having him watch it to like jump him in the gang. Essentially, that's what white people do. And uh, (laughs) so it's just that, right? And he gets sick, and I think uh, maybe he throws up or whatever. Okay, so Um, it's 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 another name for uh, fecophilia. Yeah. Okay. I saw this and I was like, do we need two names for this? Like, is there enough difference here yeah, where yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> we absolutely need two names. No, we, if we're like, I'm not really a, sh- like a shit freak. I am kind of a shithead though. I am kind of a shithead. That is one thing. Like I, I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to sex, but um, I don't understand that. No. Um, that is not my thing. Nope. Nope. I don't just, no, no, no. My, I don't want to see what the chicken feed looks like coming out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Here's Eeyore. Yeah. Uh, Eeyore. Final track on this. Now it's just easily selectable. This is another goddamn banger. I love those like weird little um, stories about bands that are like weird fucked up. Like I know Tool's got several of them. Oh, the singer has a winery. What? You think this man? <laughs> Gross. Here we go. It's like their most thrashy song, I think. Yeah. A punk beat there. Yeah. And then this riff that's coming up here. Here, turn it up. 
Because it's very, like, Dang. thrashy up to this point. Then you hit this groove. Right here. <laughs> Do you know why the song is called Eeyore? I, I'm guessing because of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> they got an early, early cut of uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh, Jesus. Uh, no, I, from what I remember, uh, when they were like a local band, they'd go out and play shows. And there was always this like uh, big, like burly dude that would show up to their shows. And he would just like, he wasn't there for like the enjoyment of the music. He was just there to call or cause shit and start fights and whatnot. Oh. And they used to call him uh, Eeyore. And he would just, like, always run his fucking mouth, and they would, like, kick him out or whatever. So in the chorus, when it says, I am the great big mouth, that's supposed uh, to be a reference okay. to that. Yeah. Interesting. These are, like, some of the very few lyrics I ever pay attention to right. on this album. And half the time I get them wrong. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'm over here trying to pronounce the X in xylophone, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's not my speed. So it is kind of weird listening to this album this way. Uh, like back in the day, I would listen to this album and it would end on scissors. And then you had like the mudslide thing that was a hidden track. And then mm -hmm. like Eeyore was after that even. Um, but like scissors is one of those tracks where it sounds like it's uh, like the, the final track on Limp Biscuits debut album. That's just like a jam session, you know, right. or Corn's Daddy. It's, it's, it's a longer track. Uh, and it sounds like it could be like a jammy type thing, but it has more of a structure to it than um, yeah. some of those other ones, you know, from Corn and LB. But uh, it is weird to listen to this album and end on Eeyore, but it's like a selectable track. I don't really know what the difference is, but I think it's just like maybe Scissors is such a long track before you get to this last track that's just like sub three minutes or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there we go. That was damn. we done the damn thing. We done did the damn deed right there. You know, <laughs> uh, I didn't think we would, but we did. If you can believe it, if you can't, not, if you can't, that ain't my fault. Can't help you there, <gasps> bud. It ain't my fault. Did I do that? That song bangs. Uh, yeah, this album. Um, this is a. I mean, come on. This is a. This is an all timer. This the, is a classic. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's wild that we had. Um, significant other than this back to back, like um, th yeah. that's just a wild. That what a time to be alive! Oh my god, Jesus Christ! Can you even believe it? You know? Fight Club was about to come out. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Fight Club is one of those movies where it's like, why do you like Fight Club? You know, like I you, love I really, Fight Club, yeah, but not for the same reason that a lot <laughs> yeah, of other people do. Yeah. A lot of people have bad media literacy and don't understand that that movie, if you act that way, is making fun of you. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Uh, that just goes way over their fucking head. Way you over know? their head. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was 99, man. We were angry. We didn't know what we were even angry about. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, we, literally, there was a lot of anger in the late 90s over what? I know. I was thinking about this, right? Because uh, we just talked with our friends Boozy and uh, Mitch from the Terror Table about Shout Woodstock out. 99, right? What would have happened if Slipknot played Woodstock 99? That could have been disastrous. Like, if not for, like, the, the crowd, then maybe, like, the band's reputation going forward. Yeah, that's true. Because Biscuit ate it pretty hard. And they didn't even play on the worst night. Like, that's the wild thing, is, like, yeah. 
everybody conflates them in their mind, but like the really bad shit happened on Sunday night. They were, Blimp Biscuit was gone after yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers were playing when like shit really started to go down. Yeah. So imagine yeah, if Slipknot had played after Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Holy shit. That place would have been a fucking <laughs> goddamn war zone. Or like on night two where it was Limp Biscuit and then Bush and then Slipknot comes out and Oof. then Metallica there's just no fucking survivors or whatever. Yeah. Um, Jesus. But yeah, it's 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 interesting to look at it within this like uh this this timeline of like the the sequence of events play out differently from our perspective than when it actually like came out. Sure. Because this album like had to build up into its reputation. Yeah. It wasn't like immediate. Yeah, it was not uh it was not a smash hit on its release. No, no. Um I feel like Iowa really launched them into like the not mainstream, but like um if you were into this type of music, like when Iowa came out it was like, oh yeah, this is a thing. Like this is not a one time Right. It wasn't a flash in the pan. No, it was yeah. this was a legit here we go. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, I mean I mean I I think I might like like the the, the album as a whole, I might like Iowa more, mm-hmm. but my favorite songs are on this album. That's crazy how that works, right? Yeah. Like I was thinking about this, like which album do I like more? And uh I don't know, I'd be hard pressed to say. Yeah, if I was gonna say and listen to an entire thing front to back, it would be Iowa. But if I'm picking out like an individual song, it's it's, it's this one. It, they yeah. just have some. I mean, they're catchy, but they're also hard as fuck. Yeah, like um, I don't feel like they have that same level of catchiness on Iowa. They're like a little bit more into the hard, into like the heavy stuff. Like there's not as many. He doesn't sing as much on Iowa. I feel like um, I could be wrong. It's been a, actually been a minute since it was in Iowa. But my recollection of it is like he sings a lot more on this album than he does on Iowa. But I could be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just a front to back banger. Yeah. Every, every song is just, there's not a skippable, I mean, the, the, I guess like the intro, you can, you could probably skip that, mm-hmm. but then I don't really count that. As far as songs go, there's not a skippable track on here. Yeah. Yeah. It, and this is an album that has grown on me over years. Like I love this album when it first came out, but there was enough, uh, I, I had listened to the bulk of the album, just like going through my favorites, which is a lot of the album. Yeah. But some of the, uh, latter end of the, 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 the songs, I was like, uh, when I was going back and re-listening to this, yeah. I kind of like rediscovered them in a way. I'm like, oh shit, I fucking forgot about this part of the song. Right. So it's like, it's uh, allowed me to like grow with it as well. So it's not just, I'm listening to the same thing just because of pure familiarity. Yeah. Right. I'm finding new stuff on yeah. here that I, I dig about it. And also like Ross Robinson working with Slipknot on on this right it came out a week after limp biscuits previous album right even though he worked with limp biscuit on their debut album yeah like things could have changed like wildly if ross worked on limp's second album like oh, yeah. what does this album get pushed out does this yeah like I mean, what what happens from that point it just right. seems like a, a great confluence of events because significant others great album as well and they worked with terry date on that one yeah so i don't know man it just <laughs> it's just all coming out in news colony. Am, you know? I, am I wrong, or did Terry Date do some like mixing on this album or something? He did. Uh, yeah, I think he did one of the um, the mixes on the Wait and Bleed, like the the radio version of Wait and Bleed. 
if I remember oh, okay. correctly. Okay, maybe. Okay, that's that sounds. Yeah. That yeah, sounds he would right. he would do that from time to time, uh, and they would release them as singles, and it would be like "Wait and Bleed." Next drag is "Wait and Bleed." Terry Date mix, and then okay, whatever. That's right. Um, and there are multiple versions of this album that exist with like multiple versions of these songs on there yeah we don't have to go through all those you know but sure. uh yeah it's it's i did go back and listen to all the extra bits from the 10th anniversary yeah version of this and it is cool to see the like pieces come together on some of the old tracks or the demos yeah be like oh okay so they took this part of the song and turned it into purity or whatever right right right, right. or they did a different vocal take for spit it out or whatever i don't yeah. know it's it's just kind of neat honestly kinda neat. it's kind of neat um, so uh, pretty neat, pretty neat. Speaking of pretty neat, is this album pretty neat? <laughs> We're going to rate this one on zero to seven guitar strings, new metal guitar strings. I should say. Yes. So Ross, why don't you, uh, take, take the lead. Here. I'm gonna give this one a big fat six. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. I want to give it a seven. Just do it. Nike. But there's like, I don't know. I just don't feel like I can give it a seven because I'll, as much as I'll, I, I'll allow it, as much as I've listened to this album, um, I tend to go back to like a select few songs, like five or six songs. And then there's a bunch of other songs on here that I, I just don't listen to in like my regular rotation. Whereas like something like significant other or, um, uh, Life is Peachy or something like that, where I like listen to those albums just front to back nonstop and I know every note on them. I don't, I can't say the same for this, even though I did listen to this album a lot back in the day. Uh, like I said, I only go back to like maybe five or six songs on here on the reg. Uh, okay. That may change though, because listening to this whole thing, I was like, man, every song in here has got something in it that I really dig. Um, so it's possible like a year from now, this may go up to a seven for me, but I don't feel like I can, I can give it a seven on good faith because I just don't have the intense familiarity with mm -hmm. it. Um, but I just, I, I, I still absolutely love it. So yeah, six. How about okay. you? That's a solid score. You oh, know? I mean, come on. And look, this is going to happen from time to time. We're going to feel what we feel, you know, sure. six is still a solid score. That said, I put you down for a seven. So right. <laughs> should we do an episode where we go back and like relitigate uh, our scores? No, I'm good with all of them. <laughs> okay. I just had to run down a memory real quick in my head. No, I'm good with all of them. <laughs> no, no, I think it would be interesting. I think okay, it, to maybe take like our our highest and our lowest albums and like and and see if we still agree with that. Yeah, um, I do genuinely put a lot of thought into my <laughs> yeah. my review scores. Um, so I'm usually pretty confident in them. Although yeah. occasionally I'll, I'll go back and re-listen to something and I'm like, mm, I should have given that a, like a string lower or string higher. But mm -hmm. uh, no, I feel pretty confident in, in a six on this. So yeah. I'm guessing you're going to say seven. Uh, this is hard seven for me, dog. Hey. Hey, man. Brother, if I could give this a fucking nine, one for each... Mi Wait, one, two, If man three. is five, the devil is six. Then this then album make is a nine. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this album's great. Just front to back. It's just like, I just have so much yeah. nostalgia wrapped up in this yeah. entire album, you know? Uh, so there's no way that it wasn't going to get a seven. And I rediscovered old songs from this that I haven't listened to in a long time yeah. and found new things to love about it. So uh, it payeth it forward yeah. to me. So hard uh, seven for me on this one. On uh, re-reviewing our scores for albums, maybe the, the cutoff point will be when we get to the year 2000. Mm -hmm. We can like uh, pause an album review and then like 
do an episode where we just go back and look at all the ones from like the nineties right. up through then and see interesting, interesting. Okay. See if we want to update those. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so where is new metal at this point? Where is new metal at this point? Um, I mean, it's, it's floodgates are open, baby. Um, I mean, we had significant other followed by this a week later, Mm -hmm. like, come on, that's just, we're at the peak. Mm -hmm. We're riding high, baby. Yeah. Um, it's crusting. It's crusting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, uh, when, when is Woodstock is in July, I believe. Shit. Woodstock 99? I feel like that's right. So, like, we haven't hit that point yet because we're still in June. Um, so, I feel like once once Woodstock 99 happens, there's you start seeing, like, a like a bigger backlash to, to new metal, to this, like, hyper-aggressive uh, uh, music. Um, but I think right now, it's, it's, I mean, people are just, people are gaga. Don't gaga over it. Just like that lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this album came out June 29th, 1999. Woodstock, 1999, takes place July 22nd through 25th. Okay, so you were a month away from Woodstock. A month away from it, yeah. yeah. Things could have been wildly different Yeah, if that were the case. I feel like if Woodstock 99 happened and uh, on, on a, an equally tragic level, um, uh, 9-11. Um, 9-11 <laughs> did happen. We've been over this. No, I'm saying, I'm saying they're at the same level of, of, of uh, awfulness. Um, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, no, because um, like like we've, we've talked about before, radio stations and MTV and stuff um, kind of backed off the super aggressive, violent, you know, music mm-hmm. um, a little bit. So I think you we know, just put that into our, We just put that into the troops. It's fine. <laughs> Boy, um, uh, I feel like those two things were really. Um, you can almost call you can almost call Woodstock '99 the 9/11 of new metal. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know it. They didn't understand the reference no, at, the at the time. time but no, yeah, I, they were living through history, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what George Bush thought <laughs> whenever he got told in that <laughs> elementary school. He's like, "Oh, yeah, that's what they were talking about." Slipknot just released a self-titled album. <laughs> 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 oh God. Um, <laughs> he was reading the liner notes for Daddy to a room full of kids. Yeah, <laughs> George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Jesus is getting dark. Uh, no, 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 no. I think I think right now we're 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 kind of at the. I mean, I I want to say peak because and yeah, we're, we're at the apex. We're at the we're at the plateau. We're at the you know, new metal is at its peak right here. Yeah. Um, it's gonna take a while for it to start to kind of fade back, but um, I think you know, obviously next month we're gonna start to see kind of a backlash a little bit um from people uh, again. Like we've covered extensively, um, unfairly placed upon Limp Biscuits' head, mm-hmm. um, but that did have an effect at the time, where people started to see, you know, these bands as like, oh, they're just like misogynistic, aggressive, um, uh, kind of almost like one note. I don't mean like musically, but I mean like their themes are, are a little bit one note, um, and you're going to start to see that kind of that kind of societal pushback against new metal, which you know, mm-hmm. I mean, look. Kind of understandable, considering the time and uh, what what people's perceptions were, even though they were wrong. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, we're, we're we're sitting in it right now. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Like a soiled adult diaper, mm. we're just sitting in it, stewing. You know? Oh, it feel good. Uh, so yeah, I I totally agree with uh, what you're saying about where we're at here. Uh, next week, uh, next on week. 
uh, our hidden track episode, we're going to have one of our listeners come on, yeah. uh, scheduled to come on as our, our uh, listener and soon-to-be friend and a uh, person we, I don't know, borrow money from or something. I don't know. We'll, sure. see, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, our single Patreon doesn't <laughs> give us money. <laughs> uh, our uh, our, our uh, listener, Dave Bramley, is coming on. I've, I've been uh, communicating with him and trying to uh, make sure he's set up to record with us. Yeah. But uh, it should be a good time. I'm Hell interested yeah. because we don't know him uh, from at life, all. right? Sure, we, no, we only we know him know from him this podcast, all. but he seems like a pretty cool dude. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking with him. Hell yeah. uh, I, I believe he's younger than us. I almost by default, a person has to be younger than us, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. So I'm interested to get his perspective on new metal and uh, things of that nature. And then. But wait, there's more. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. On the next album review, mm-hmm. Ross, uh, I think it's time for us to potentially redeem ourselves. So early on in this podcast, mm-hmm. you and I reviewed an album mm. by Power Man 5000. Ooh. Now, I, because of like hashtags and the meta, meta, metadata uh-huh. in it, uh, or maybe it's because we posted to Instagram and probably uh did the hashtag there uh spider one yeah from power man 5000 the the lead vocalist yeah listened to our episode yeah, and they commented yeah. he was very nice about it he was he could have destroyed us and we were wrong we were wrong absolutely we were straight up wrong but the the only caveat for us in defense of us is that that Power Man 5000 album was not quite a new metal album. It was like a funk like yeah. groove album, if sure. anything. It had some rock elements, elements to it. But this one, I believe, is just a straight-up new metal album, if yeah. I remember correctly. If memory serves. Power Man 5000's Tonight the Stars Revolt is going to be the next album review yeah. we do. I'm so looking forward to this. Me I, too. I haven't I, listened to that album in a while. I, I used to love it. Really? Did you used to own it? Oh yeah, I had that. Oh, absolutely. I oh, absolutely wow. had this one. Yeah, that's crazy. I remember listening to it. Tonight the Stars Revolt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had that. Is this the uh, DJ Lethal's on there? Get up, get up, get up, drop the bombshell. Wait, that's a different album. Oh wait, is it the next one? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I had that one too because um, I love that song. Uh, Lethal was on the last one. He was on the first album, the first Power Man Five Thousand album. Uh, the one we reviewed already. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he comes back. uh, I think they do let the good times roll. You know what? Yeah. We'll discuss this. Yeah. It's been a while since I've listened to it, but I'm excited to listen to it because I really enjoyed it back in the day. Yeah. Yes. And that's absolutely the line we will hold uh, going forward. And uh, look, uh, we were wrong. We're men enough to admit it. Uh, If he wants to fight us, we reside in, I don't know, Pennsylvania or something. Yeah. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Better one. We'll meet you at the Liberty Bell. Uh, my name is Rocky Balboa. His name is Clever Lang. We're ready to duke it out. No, it should be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to that uh, because uh, I haven't listened to it in uh, forever. So uh, you can check out that album on the Nudist Colony Spotify playlist. The link to that is in the show notes, as is the links to our social media accounts, uh, emails there as well. And if you send us an email, we'll read it on the air, uh, particularly against your will. So Absolutely. That's up to you, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't help that. What are we supposed to do with that? <laughs> so, all right. Uh, well, that's everything I had to say about this album. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really because I could talk about this album for forever, dude. Sure. But uh, for right now, I think I'm tapped. So why don't you take it on home? 
it's not easy being mean. All right. Bye, everybody. You're not going to say it? Oh, wait. I get fucked. <laughs> get, get fucked. <laughs> Miss Piggy going to give me top. Get fucked. I don't know what the fuck is happening. Bye. Pronounce the X in xylophone. Z- xylophone. Bye. Fantastic. Uh, bye.